0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, the time is gone. This is the weekly Podcast, your weekly AEW UN Breakdown. Introducing her, the man of the hour. Now
1: rise up and feel the power,
0: Gnarly. Charlie.
1: Charlie. Yay! Yay! Oh my God, Garrett. Oh my God. This, this week is nuts, dude.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I would say probably the most nuts week in the history of wrestling, probably in a long time, Everyone
1: probably since, yeah. I mean,
0: this is the biggest wrestling. So the, the thing we're going to talk about, probably not for the longest today, but certainly for a good amount of the podcast because of the ripple effects that's going to have through the industry is probably the biggest wrestling story to come out. I mean, probably ever, right? I mean, people were saying in the last. So many years since, but like, is no one's ever been as connected to the business as the person that we're going to talk about later. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's never been that before. So it's just, it's going to be, you know, there's no way to not open this show talking about it, too. Cause it's no, like yeah. Not-
1: and the ripple effects and what this could mean. Cause Garrett and I, I mean, we, we were fucking the weekly NXT watchers when it was taped and it felt like no one was even talking about this shit. Yet yeah, we would be talking about it weekly and, so we'll get. We're definitely going to get into all that
0: in its own time because we want to yeah. make sure we actually give the topic time to breathe instead of just like briefly mentioning it. But um, there was also a lot of really good wrestling this week as well, um, and some other pretty crazy news. Some of it happening in the last literally like twelve hours today, like
1: and it's still evolving i mean
0: we we don't even know we don't even know the details we just know what happened and what 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 people want to happen like we don't even know the actual details so it's it's just getting crazier and crazier but uh at this point we're just gonna stick with the the well relatively normal format we do uh I believe we did say we were going to talk about the Death Before dishonor card before a little bit of yep. other stuff.
1: Yep, so I'm, I'm thinking what we'll do today is we'll hit our favorites because you guys know we like to get out the gate strong. If this is your first Eat Sleep Elite episode, yeah, we like to get out the gate strong, hit our favorites of the week. Um, We'll hit the news, and then we'll get you the results, and the results will include Death Before dishonor because there's AEW talent on it. We, we got it, and we watched it, so it was a good show too. So, yeah, and other than that, Garrett, I think – we are an odd episode, so I believe you are up first with favorites. There, my brother. Yeah, and
0: speaking of death before dishonor, it's nobody's surprise. I'm pretty sure I campaigned to make this my favorite the last time. If I didn't, I just talked about it for like most of the hour of the podcast. I'm sure. Was anybody surprised? FTR versus the Young Bucks two two out of three falls. Um, I mean, what is there to even say? I mean, dueling dueling chance before the bell even rang. I mean. That happens sometimes, but you're not always. Uh and then they popped as soon as collar and elbow tie-up, Charlie. Pop from the crowd. The crowd goes nuts for a collar and elbow tie up. That's how over these two crowd two, two teams are. And with also, real quick,
1: shout out putting this on the fucking main event. Well
0: According deserved. to Tony Khan, there was a coin toss. I I imagine that's kayfabe.
1: Yeah, I uh, I, I really I am very glad this main event did because it fucking deserved it.
0: Absolutely. I mean there's not a bigger match all year. I don't think. What, what's bigger than this? Like CM Punk versus is this is CM Punk versus Moxley bigger than this? I don't think it is.
1: Especially Ring of Honor, there won't be a Ring of Honor match that
0: captures. Certainly, this. yeah, certainly we, in Ring of Honor, unless they do like Wheeler versus like Jonathan. Gret- well, it we'll won't be. Well, we'll get to that. But like Wheeler versus Claudio unification or some nonsense. But like you know, like um, which I don't know why they would do that. But whatever, it's not the point. Um, alright, we'll we'll get back into the match here. Uh the, the opening of the match sequence with them, and I loved the Briscoe's like, and they might have done this in the first match too, but I don't remember pointing this out. But they targeted Dax specifically because everybody always says Dax is the better wrestler. And I feel like part of the story of this match was Cash having to overcome the odds, even though Dax is usually the one that has to not that he picks up slack for Cash, because Cash is an incredible wrestler too, but it's just that if if there is a better wrestler, it's Dax. We all know this. You know what I mean. You Definitely feel that story being told. I agree, absolutely. Uh, there was speaking of cash. There was a chop exchange between him and Jay Briscoe at one point, which just made me like like want to just oh. And you thought that was insane, and then Jay chopped, ja- uh, and then Jay chopped, um, like uh, Dax's chest open. I'm pretty sure later on in the match um so that was pretty nuts and just the build up of that of that first story to build up to that first fall from from the briscoes getting that first fall of of attacking dax and having forcing cash to be in the ring more and stuff like that i just thought that that was like a really good way to get to that first fall because it, it's difficult to actually tell a decent story with a two out of three falls match i feel like everything's been done and i feel like i've not seen this necessarily before at least not done this way so like I said, uh, going into the second fall, you know everything resets. They get. A, I liked the little like brief reprieve period that was awarded to both teams. I know they were just saying that on commentary, but like make that a thing because that should be a thing. Why is it yeah. not a thing? You know, because like they probably do need a second to breathe. Um, but yeah, so into the second you know uh, match, we have Dax's chest busted open by the chops. The ultra hot tag for cash. By the way, that whole time Dash Dax never tags out. I think that might have been uh like the second tag of the match all together for ftr like i think they got a couple of tags early and then like the dax didn't tag back out for like a while until through the yeah, second Yeah, dude, they, they really um, let
1: those guys sit and marinate
0: and they were in the, the then we had this brilliant sequence where the ring was cut off by the briscoes but it never felt like they were boring us like it felt like the briscoes being in control the whole time was still entertaining as hell even though i was rooting for ftr obviously um and uh so they cut out the ring perfectly and then you know then that helped to build up the drama perfectly for then fdr to come back and win the second fall with the big rig um and it was like a wild moment like everyone you know it was it was like a beautiful build because it was like when you know when there's like six seconds left on the clock at an nfl game and it's like a, a, a six point game and you need a touchdown and you've got no, you were like, I don't know, let's say in, within 20 yards, but you, it's not a guaranteed throw by any stretch of the imagination, you know? Um, and they make the throw and it goes into overtime. That was what this felt like when FTR got this fall, because now they were in the chase and they've been behind for the entire second fall. So instead of being what I think a lot of people had established as like, if you're going to name, which one you think is just overall better between them, I think a lot of people would say FDR. Now, they are on the, now they're on the back foot, and now, now the Briscoes have established themselves, and I just think that's a really interesting way to tell a story. Um, the ref getting th- – th- this was one of the only times a ref has taken a bump that I was like, I'm, this actually worked, and it didn't feel forced and really silly, um, and – I liked that the ref got hit a couple of times. Like it prevented, it caused issues in the match. You know, both teams would have won the match, but the ref was down. You know, it wasn't yeah. like it was just a I, cheating I move that affected one team. Go ahead.
1: I'm with you. I thought that was a, a well placed um, spot with the ref.
0: when they clasped, uh, clasped when they when they cl- like clasped hands to prevent the tap out from happening when they were both locked into submissions, I thought that was brilliant as well um you know it's not like i haven't seen that before but just the way that it worked and like how they're just like on the same page and there's they're never gonna like give up and it's like the storytelling of this match was just through the roof um i think there was a like a missed spot at one point that was supposed to be something with the table maybe and like it just didn't happen or something like there's something broke or so i forget some some something weird happened and they had to reset a spot i think but it was fine. It didn't matter. Like something got a little out of order, but it, it was fine. Um, there was no any. There was no botches or anything like that. I think. I think they just got like something didn't quite work how they wanted it to, and so then they did that like back suplex spot through the table off the turnbuckle instead. Um, and then there was an avalanche pile driver from Dax uh, to pick up the final fall for FTR. FTR still your Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions and i you know uh, i already heard melter say this is not better than the first one you know i don't think dave melter was ever gonna say a match that was not the first match that ever happened between two people was not is better than this <laughs> i don't know why unless it's like okada versus omega but you know and even then he still won't say it so i don't know <laughs> you know like um but I'm, and this is not an attack on melter i'm just being honest like i have you know I think this match at least at the very least lived up to the first match, if not exceeded it. I mean, you know, uh, Charlie, i want to get your opinions on this match as well. But like I just this match is the kind of wrestling that speaks to me on like a really, really close level. Like this is the kind of thing that makes me want to watch wrestling. Like, yeah, I, man, I'll deal with some of the nonsense. But like this is what is wrestling is about to me is stuff
1: like this and i i'm with you man i thought this was i mean we advocate and we wax tonic about tag team wrestling all the time here on our show and is tag team wrestling when it's when tag team wrestling is great that's my favorite type of wrestling and i think it always will be it's just maybe it's just a personal preference i don't know when what that goes back to but ftr versus the briscoes two out of three falls i i think ftr did it again i these guys go out here it, it takes me back to Toronto 2016 when they had the two, two out of three falls against DIY Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. For a long time, that was my favorite FCR match. And I think these guys just – they perfect the two out of three falls. And I want to take you to the, to the third fall here. There was a moment when both – I, I want to say it was Dax and Jay were just tired as fuck. They're just, they're out of it. I mean, they've been going for probably 35 minutes at this point. You can you can tell, you can feel it in the air. These motherfuckers get up, they put up the fists, and they just start punching. And Garrett, when I say that popped me, I was like, this is the shit I love. Briscoe ended up getting the best of it, and I believe he put him in a camel clutch. But to me, that, that moment, that moment right there just summed up People this match often- for me.
0: People often talk about the term like fighting spirit. That was their fighting spirit that was in that it. moment.
1: That was a, that was the definition of it. These guys have been going hard for 35 fucking minutes at this point. Maybe even longer. I, I'm I just know it was kind of at that point. It was in the third fall. Yeah, it was
0: we were deep in we were in the deep, deep. We were we were and, in shark-infested waters at this point. Haha.
1: <laughs> and I'm so glad that FTR is is accomplishing i'm trying to think of a way to put this it's accomplishing everything we knew that they could
0: and we 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 for years have talked about how much we like this team and they were always like detractors because
1: they were getting a whole lot
0: of tv time for months on raw and smackdown and just never got anywhere no because they were getting bullshit and they were told
1: whether it was when they, they were shaving back, each other's fucking backs. I, I still can't believe the shit that they did to those guys. And it's just two out of three falls in Toronto, I believe. I, I want to say 2016. It might be 2017. But that that match, to me, that was like – because we would always talk about with NXT, the tag team championships. Every single takeover, we're like, this, it's going to be great. It's going to be great.
0: And yeah, was there ever a bad tag team title match that didn't feature the authors of pain? Like,
1: and even, even authors of pain ended up having a great match with FTR.
0: Oh, absolutely. Just, I know you give them a good opponent, like, they had great matches too. I'm just saying that, like, I, that wasn't that didn't involve them. I'm, I'm trying to think because most of the tag teams, even American Alpha, which again, that's another one, American Alpha, of, which were, weren't all there, all the way there either or, you know, Jason Jordan or Chad Gable, but they both were good enough individually to make a decent.
1: Just so I don't forget it, I want to say it now, and for our two Ring of Honor pay-per-views to have that feeling so far of massive tag team championship matches, it takes me back to that time when we really cared about it with NXT Takeovers, and I think there is some, you can kind of see NXT Takeover and the current ROH, they're tight shows, and they're fucking awesome, and I'll dive more into that when we break down the card, but I'm just I'm and with you on that. I, I I really thought this match delivered. I can't really compare it to the last one just yet because for I me I need that to watch last- them
0: both. What I'm gonna do one day is watch them both. Like I'm gonna go back to SuperCardamon yeah. honor pull that this up.
1: For me, that last one I also think of the match they had on Dynamite that week against the Young Bucks, and I just think it's that's like the are great-
0: top of that. It, like.
1: <laughs> like, they're going to like be on
0: dynamite this week though, so who knows what they're going to do this week. You know what I mean like yeah. we got that announcement of the fucking Young Bucks match like w-
1: a couple days out. So, w- <laughs> so do You know what I mean hey, like special. And was there something else you wanted to add there before we jump into uh, um, my favorite just like uh
0: there's a couple but not really like I I do think uh cuz there's not going to really necessarily be the opportunity to touch on this cuz we're not going to go through like beat by beat of the entire um, everything on the show, like we just did for the FTR versus Briscoes match, but um, yeah. where we're going to be getting Blackpool Combat Club versus FTR, Charlie.
1: Absolutely, Wheeler Yuta and Claudio. That was the closer, and I
0: talk about not just ending it on a high note, but setting up your your future in a fascinating way.
1: Ring of Honor's in in some healthy hands right now.
0: I uh, one thousand percent agree. So, um,
1: yeah. That being yeah, said, we'll jump into else? we'll jump into my favorite, which <laughs> I know that I, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'll hold that thought. My favorite is the opener of Dynamite, and our opener has been a feud that's kind of been built pretty quickly over the past couple of weeks, but they've shot stuff outside of AEW. And I'm, I'm talking about Brody King and Darby Allen. Brody King beat the shit out of Darby Allen at, at a signing at a Hot Topic, I believe. And then just yesterday or the day before, Brody King and Malachi Black jumped him at Comic-Con on stage, beat his ass, choked him out, and then started answering questions for him. <laughs> That's awesome. I just think this is the coolest shit. And so if we recorded this on Friday, maybe I wouldn't have said the same words I'm saying now, but... That adds to it. And this, this, this is the, these, this is like the kind of opponents that I just, I really grind my fucking teeth into. And Brody King, he defeated Darby Allen this week, and their styles match so fucking perfectly. And I'm so happy. We, we have talked about Darby Allen, I feel like every week since we started this show a year ago, because he is constantly put in good feuds, different feuds, and he's always seems to get the best out of every opponent.
0: And Out of I, all of like the four pillars of AEW, he gets treated the best by Tony. He like he just gets he just gets good feuds. Like not that MJF doesn't, but any any is, and man. all of them have had done stuff that not everyone was a fan of. MJF versus Jericho was overdrawn. Like, a lot of people thought it went way too long. You know what I mean?
1: There, there will be Darby Allen will be a world champion one day, and it's going to be because of his fucking worth work ethic and how great he is. And so let me get into the match a little bit here. Okay, right away they just fucking start going in hot and heavy. Hey. So they just start going in fucking really heavy, and Brody King is just ragdolling him all over the place, putting him through the barricade. Darby ends up taking out his belt, and he fucking beats down King. He went for some coffin splashes. King put him in a sleeper, tied him up in the trio. I mean,
0: Code red.
1: The code red uh, for a near fall. I just think, man, I, I...
0: it's like the ultimate David versus Goliath because like it Darby is. Allen's like three foot two and fucking Brody King is like ten foot eleven, you know? Like- and
1: so so how this finishes, they're fighting on the apron. King locks in the sleeper, drops into the floor, and just as in the battle royale, Darby made it back to the ring at the nine count. King immediately grabs Darby, hits the gonzo bomb, and hits the win. And that gonzo bomb, dude. Oh my fucking god, does Darby sell that? Darby might be the only, <laughs> only one so far better than uh Fuego sold it a few couple months ago now. I thought Fuego sold that fucking move like a million bucks, and uh, since we'll we'll talk about real quick after the match with this one as well. King baited out Sting by attacking Darby. Sting came out, rushed the ring, and King in a position for the Scorpio Deathlock. Lights went out, and then Sting is face to face with Malachi. So the Sting Ultimate gets hit with the black.
0: down. They're just like, who's gonna blink? Like. So
1: we're we're setting up that tag. I mean, this is just. I really hope, guys, they show the Comic-Con stuff this week. That, they literally beat his ass at Comic-Con and started answering questions. Like, just, they sat down at the podium and started answering his questions. It is amazing. But, yeah, Garrett, what did you think of our Dynamite opener this week, Mr. Brody King versus Darby
0: out. painful looking match um just like the ultimate david risk Goliath stuff like i you know i love that that's a good story to tell darby allen does it extremely well despite i think clearly not wanting to do that all the time or he'd be doing that all the time you know there are plenty of tiny guys like ray mysterio he's done that like his whole career and made it work and you I mean, ask him he'll literally tell you scary. no i love working big guys you know like and i'll be like okay Ray. i mean you could work a small guy and have a really good match too i know i've worked a big guy you know like it's so, all right right Dude, you do you? You're the Hall of Famer, like you know, like as if I know Rey Mysterio. But you know, like, um yeah, no, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. The Tree of Woe spot was interesting because it was just like a bunch of chops, but like because of the size disparity, it adds a different like dimension to that spot. Like a normal two normal sized guys, not that Darby's not normal size, but like two regular wrestling sized bodies could do that, and it would just look fine. But like because of the difference in size and the size of Brody's hands. It just makes it so much nastier whenever those hands connect with Darby's chest, you know?
1: Absolutely, man. And I think you, you pointed out best David versus Goliath, but a different vibe to it, and it fucking delivered. So, yeah, those were our favorites this week. And before we get you guys the results of everything, it's time to start breaking down some of this news. Let's start a little light. Let's Oof. start light. And we'll, we'll get the heavy hitters back to back at the end here. Starting out late, our boy Cody Rhodes won an SP, uh for best WWE moment. So that's pretty cool. I mean, look, it's, it's Cody Rhodes. SP has an
0: award just for WWE
1: moments? Yes, they do. It's actually kind of neat. I hope I, I would love if AW got, like, in the future, gets involved with some of these. Maybe different companies, because I, I think WWE probably has the wrestling one with ESPN. But cool, man. I mean, shout out Cody Rhodes. I, I, and I hope he's. I hope he's – healing up his injury better. Cause I finally, I finally got around to watching his backlash match with Seth and it, it was actually really good. It did deliver. It did deliver. Yeah. So everyone's, I mean,
0: on one handed man wrestled like a four and a half star match or whatever it ended up being. You know what I mean? Like yeah, really cool.
1: Um, on the wrestling observer, Dave Meltzer was kind of talking about Kenny and we got word. Kenny Omega is hoping to be back in action by September's all out. And it, the quote is, it's too soon to say that he will or won't. He's hoping for it. That's kind of the target right now. I mean, obviously, right, Garrett? We want I mean, Kenny yeah, back. I
0: think, I think everybody that's got a brain knows that if Kenny doesn't make it back by all out, probably not coming back. You know what I mean? Like, I Definitely not in
1: 2022.
0: Um, yeah, I would think because like – you could plan him to be a full year, but it just feels like such a letdown to not have him until the very end of the year. What's the point? Have him wrestle one match, you know, like
1: exactly. we get them all out. Then we know we're getting him grand slam and it's just like, yeah, some more injury updates. Again, we're starting off light. Um, some CM Punk injury updates. CM Punk said at Comic-Con this week, he has no, no timeline for when he'll be back as his foot was shattered. Says it's healing, but not healed. Says he's relearning to walk. Jesus, now, I believe there was some fightful reports, or maybe it was PW Insider today, actually Monday. So if you guys listen to this Monday, Tuesday, whenever you guys do, uh, some people say backstage that CM Punk was icing it a lot and that he couldn't walk. I mean, that to me that sounds normal. I mean, look, he's he fuck, he broke his foot. It's gonna take a little bit. He's older. I mean, I believe he's in his forties. So
0: having to relearn how to walk, though, that's a severe injury. I would have to think like.
1: I think that's the way he stated it because I mean, I mean, technically- yeah, but like
0: they, you, they say that sometimes, but like sometimes it's just more severe if they wrestle on it. Like it, that's a fucking bad injury. I can't even think of how he would have done that. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I I hope he's doing all right.
0: So I really hope he didn't do it on one of those stupid fucking hangman moves. I'll be so upset. All right. Um, so Can you imagine
1: here we go. First things first. Let's do the A.W. stuff. Or should I say, Ring of Honor? Uh, they kind of tie toe and toe together, I guess. So, starting us off, Tully Blanchard is believed to be gone. Um, there was a report from Feifel Select saying Sunday that the talent staff had asked that we're told Blanchard was gone and isn't figured into plans moving forward. And we found this out after the show, and it was what Prince Prince Nana.
0: Yes, of uh, the new uh, owner
1: of that I enterprise. Think- and it is now I going into the it game. Was-
0: briefly addressed on the press conference, but they kind of glossed over it. The vibe that I got was that Tully didn't have any interest in doing whatever it is they were going to do. With Which I'm so assuming sad, with the group,
1: I was getting Gresham just now, I was like, "Man, this is a group of four that I can get into."
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think maybe, and maybe it was one of those things where, like, when maybe Gresham told Tully, "I'm going to walk," and maybe Tully was like, "I mean, I can't. I don't know if that's something that Gresham would do." if voice's would voice his frustrations like that, but maybe if he didn't want Tully to get, maybe like if Tully wanted out before he pulled the rug out from under it, maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. I have no idea. And I mean, this
0: kind of flattens this whole faction a little bit, doesn't it? Like oh, the
1: faction's dead now.
0: It's like, going to no, I mean,
1: Prince is going to have to really pull something off to get this thing to get life back into it.
0: Cause now it's just Brian Cage is selling it again, which is, Fine, but he still hasn't done anything. So it's like yeah.
1: it's no Jonathan Gresham. And speaking of Jonathan Gresham, we he has asked for his AEW ROH release, and he reportedly quote cussed out Tony Khan. Now Graham ma- requested this is a first reported by Fightful. Graham requested to be released from his contract on Saturday. The request was made prior to Death Before Disaster pay per view. Um. So yeah, uh it was said that to have communicated the frustration and led him to cussing out Khan. Um there was a lot of and this is kind of the main quote and thing we're probably gonna talk about here is there was a lack of communication between the company and Gresham leading up to the weekend. Jeez, and Gresham never heard
0: that before.
1: To have felt disrespected by this. Among other things, we learned that the lack of time for the world title match was a tipping point as well. Now
0: There's a couple ways, but what I'll say right now, I liked the Claudio versus Gresham match. It was short. It was absolutely way too short. It was way too short. Um, Um, Gresham is way too short to be the the match where Claudio. Let's be. Let's 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 just not even. uh, Let's let's put the Gresham stuff aside for a second. It was too short to be the match where Claudio wins his first title. Like it really was. Like even if you take the Gresham stuff out of it, and then you throw that in on top of it, and it's just like, how did this disaster even get booked? Like.
1: And where do we go from here,
0: right? How do you ruin Cesaro's moment by, like, fucking somebody else over? Like, you think Cesaro feels good about that now? Hell no.
1: I mean, maybe... By the way, I calling him Cesaro because I
0: can't help it, guys. I'm going to call him Claudio eventually, but, like, he's always been... You know what? I'm going to buy Chikara's DVD collection, and then I'll be good.
1: (laughs) Yes, this is the way. But, yeah, man, I mean, we're hearing this again as lack of frustration,
0: I mean, how, how do you feel like this is now like the second Ring of Honor star, right? That we've heard just completely lack of communication with Tony Khan. Like, um.
1: It feels like, yeah, this, this, this is a trend. I mean, wasn't that Joe. Uh, well,
0: who all has said this? Like Joey Janela, same thing, right? Like
1: just. Janela, Marco Stun. Uh, there was a couple others that I'm blanking on right now. But as yes,
0: well, like, yeah, there was a whole list that they put together, but like, you guys can find that list. I'm sure if you just Google AEW talent, uh disenfranchised not disenfranchised whatever the word would be like you know like unhappy you know I'm sure you'll find the list but like
1: and what's crazy is and just to add on top of this so we have this in, in, for discussion this comes a day after which Gresham was kind of already in the news cycle making it some good points that maybe a lot of people don't like to hear and and it, he said it bothers me that you can have a white guy number one with no character be great but then you've got a black guy same oh he needs a character but why why can't he just be a good wrestler And this is something I think Gresham. I feel like Gresham has been very passionate about before, and it's. I mean, look, it's true. I mean, why? And you don't want to like. I don't want to sit here and compare this to this, but the reality is that that should be Gresham's gimmick. That is what he should be able to do. He He should be able to do that. that.
0: Zack Sabre Jr., Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, and Willie Uta should not be the only people that can use that idea that they're like one of the best wrestlers in the world. you also was,
1: was Josh Alexander, who was the current Impact World Champion. I mean, that's his stick. He's the best wrestler. Yeah. There's nothing beyond that. Why? And Gresham feels passionate about that, and I'm sure that led to this, and then him losing this title probably didn't help anything. Look, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. I think this is going to be... Where I'm standing on this, I think they definitely need to evaluate their communication. Now we know that's Christopher Daniels and Tony Khan, and you know they need to. Is it possible
0: Christopher Daniels is just is bad at communicating, and maybe he shouldn't be the one doing the job? Be, like, uh, but it could
1: be. But I, I don't know because we've had people
0: that are bad at that job that have uh, like ruined the relationships between business people before in previous companies. You I know what I mean? Think so it's like
1: need to take a new look at things, and this should have been. This should have been played out better to Gresham, and his frustration should have been known. Come on, CD. You still got it in the ring. Figure it out behind the scenes. And I know some people are saying, oh, because the timing of this, people are saying, oh, he lost the title, so now he's throwing a fit, and he's pissed off because he had to lose. I I do not believe that's how this went. Maybe maybe we learned that's how it is. He didn't want to lose the title, and he's throwing a fit. I don't think that's it at all. I think there's multiple things, and that is... Well, can you okay? Let's let's I'm let's sure unpack that for puzzle. a second, Charlie. Very... Let's,
0: let's, let's go a step deeper on that for a second because if even if he was upset about him losing the title here, do
1: oh, and, you blame and I'm sure that's a piece guy? of the puzzle, but I don't think. Do you,
0: but let's just let's just take that at face value. Do you blame the guy for that? Because like, no, he's so been far, very he's loyal. Been, had like a couple of title defenses. He's tried to get the title booked on other places to keep Ring of Honor in people's minds more so than Tony does. I mean. And not saying that Pony doesn't do more of a job to promote it than Tony does, but you don't have a vehicle to promote Ring of Honor at all without a guy like Jonathan Gresham. So, like,
1: yeah, if
0: If Claudio hadn't just won the title, what's the draw on Ring of Honor right now? You know what I mean? Like,
1: and I would say if he solely asked for his release because he was losing and nothing else. Yeah, that would that could definitely be seen as like, "Eh, really, dude. I mean, really? They but no, there's clearly much more than that. And people are trying to fit that narrative, and you know, and then it goes into vulgar offensive attacks, you know, calling it because yeah, he's shorter. So everyone just says, Oh, you're lucky you to even have a job in the first place, this, that, this, that. And that's what people do when they get defensive and they get uncomfortable. They start getting vulgar and, and mean about it. So, look, here's the, here's what I'll say it is a damn fucking shame if we don't get Danielson versus Gresham at some point. I hope yeah. the door isn't closed. I hope Gresham. Christopher Daniels,
0: Tony Khan. We'll still get it. We just probably won't get it in AEW or Ring of Honor now, which sucks because it means we'll have to go try and find it somewhere else. You know, like he'll
1: probably jump to Impact. That's where his wife is, or maybe he'll go to Japan. And you know, it'd be a
0: great place. Danielson wants to go to New Japan. So maybe while he's on his G1 run and he's having random matches over there, you know, in the lead up, maybe Gresham's one of them.
1: Absolutely. They could always
0: use his second best wrestler in the world to fight Zack Sabre Jr. over there. You know what I mean? Like, Z S
1: J. So yeah, um, I think we spent some good time on that. Look, it, yeah. it's, we're hoping for the best because we love watching Gresham, and I thought he killed it this week too. Last Somehow, this th-
0: isn't the biggest shit that happened this week, though. Charlie, I know, right?
1: like this last bit kind of like fucking it extends like eight different stories. So straight up, it just results from this: the first big, the first big drop. Vince McMahon has announced his retirement from WWE. <sighs> I'll be honest Karen. Um, I never thought this day would come. I'm kind of with you. I thought it would, the only day of Vince would be done is when he passed away.
0: Yeah. I I genuinely thought one day we were just going to find out because Vince had, I didn't picture there being a happy ending for Vince where he stops his 60 million hour a day schedule and never sleeping and working out at four in the morning or midnight or whatever while everyone else is asleep. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, and 4am meetings after like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah, I hope that he just like takes a few. I, I hope that Vince doesn't try and still run everything from behind the scenes, like everyone thinks no, he's, he's going, going to. to. Yes, no. Takes can't. some time, tries to see if he wants to live his life and if he can't run let go of it.
1: His personal life too, with you know. Right. Well, just think about person. how long
0: it's been since he's taken time to spend time with his family. You know, like or well, that's probably not really going to be a thing now with all the drama. But like you know, like if they ha- yeah. I mean, you know, like maybe to take some time just to step back from the public eye for a little bit because he's been in it for like his entire life you know literally probably Um, the 50 60 years so and then maybe hopefully he doesn't you know but i I don't see that happening i think i kind of agree with everybody else but like i agree with you i thought i thought was going to be vince keeled over because he just his body gave out before he did but
1: now do you you know it has. To, I don't think it's coincidence. This Wall Street Journal stuff comes out. Oh no,
0: no. It's. I think everyone's. That's the framing. This is like they, they're trying to make it. Th- the entire reason why they did it the way they did it was to avoid the stock dropping like dramatically in a way that was going to really scare the stockholders into not like you know backing the company going forward or whatever with the new management. Um. So they they made sure the stock wasn't going to crash uh, or however you want to. Fra- I'm sorry you know um finance bros out there i don't know the correct terminology but like yeah you guys all get what i'm trying to say here um you know they were trying to make sure that stock didn't completely tank uh, when when vince left because of all the lack of <clears throat> excuse me certainty of what's going to happen because we've never had a post vince world wow it's so crazy that's the first time i've ever said that on our podcast and it's it's now where we're at um but yeah i I'm honestly still in shock about it, man. Like, I, I never thought yeah. that this day would come, and it yet we're here. So real.
1: And, you know, I, I can't wait to see what the landscape looks like six months from now. Because at the end of the day, I mean, look, there's so many guys in WWE that I love wrestling. And I, the more wrestling we get, the happier. I would love to watch more wrestling, genuinely. And Before
0: we get into the other pieces of this, we do have to address something, though. Yes, go ahead. How do you feel about Tony's tweet?
1: I loved it. I thought it was perfectly timed. That is what Tony Khan does, and it was bad taste a little bit. I don't think so. Now, if if Vince went out in bad health or something, maybe. Okay. But at the end of the day, it's on him. Like, it, yeah, he's getting
0: canceled up. for his own BS. So you know, at the end of the day, Vince I is guess the same but. guy
1: and Tony Khan. You know, remember that interview at the Jag Stadium a couple years ago? There's only room for one Khan in wrestling. When all Kay. that Con stuff was coming out and Ooh. speaking of Nick Con, Nick Con yeah. and Stephanie McMahon are now the co- new co-CEOs of the company. I imagine that's going to get resolved into one
0: eventually. I don't know who. Like, I would imagine that's Nick Con.
1: Nick Con does a lot of stuff uh, for, tele- for television and for the business. Like – you, maybe that's a piece?
0: perfect – maybe maybe Nick will do what he does on the board for now and probably not give up his board responsibilities, but then she'll slide into the official CEO role at some point because I don't see why Stephanie can't be the one that runs the company. I know for years everyone just assumed it was going to go to Shane because he was the son, but that's – one, I think that's a, a, a patriarchy thing, but we won't get into that whole thing. Let's, let's let's ignore that part. Let's just say it's just society's like just leans that way, you know, like – in general, because they assume that it'll just go to him because he's older. But I think we all know Stephanie has been way more involved in the wrestling side of things or, you know, for a long time. And at this she, point. When it
1: was announced she stepped away a couple months ago, I, I felt like that. I that, was
0: shocked. She was the one that felt like she was passionate about it. Not that, that Triple, was like H this, Triple H wasn't, but Triple H felt like he was very business, yeah. business, best for business. You know, like. And. and Yeah. Go it's ahead. Buddy.
1: And also on Friday, they announced Triple H has been named the company's new executive vice president of talent relations. So it was announced Triple H was back. We'll dive a little more into Triple H in a second here, but Triple H just being back on Friday as the EVP of talent relations is fucking huge. That was a great sign. And so that meant John Laurinaitis was out, which, again, he was also hit in the Wall Street Journal with Vince, so that came to no surprise to anyone. They did some pretty bad shit. So... And Laura had not had a a good rep these past few years at all. So Triple H being back, who the talent love, especially all the younger talent and all the wrestlers he brought in since 2015 when he's been doing NXT. And now you combine that with, we're getting even more news today that Kevin Dunn is out, who... You guys, if you watch AW and WWE, know the fucking camera cutting. I mean, Kevin Dunn—that's just one piece of this puzzle, and he's out. And Triple H has been named head of WWE Creative. This I, is something I have fantasy booked
0: for believe- years.
1: Yes, and I just—I can't believe it happened.
0: I mean, was there ever anybody else that was going to be able to replace Vince? I mean, it, let's be I honest. thought it
1: was going to be Bruce Pritchard, and I was like, man, it's just – it doesn't – no offense to Pritchard, but it just – I don't know, man. He's been up there with Vince a couple of years now. It just hasn't felt like nothing's changed. In fact, it only felt like – I got think it.
0: Bruce Pritchard, if given the full scope of power that he would have needed to make the changes that people wanted Bruce Pritchard to make, he could have done it and probably would have and even maybe would have been inclined to do so because Bruce Pritchard's not stupid. I've listened to Bruce Pritchard talk. He knows what – Oh, he, like he
1: knows it. his shit. And he is but still it's just like, he's going to
0: do what Vince tells him because everybody in that company, and even us to some extent, we all recognize that Vince knows a lot more about us than wrestle knows a lot more about wrestling than us, and knows how to book a good program. And oh, God, so we can disagree with him, but he's probably right somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, just I,
1: when I think of this now, I just think of the run NXT had before AEW came along. NXT was truly just – in American wrestling, it felt like it was the first bright light in a long time. A- and,
0: and I think it was the most consistent run of shows for like, yeah. like a couple of years in wrestling. Not just like – and some people were like, uh, oh, I don't know, with like Japan and all that. No, dude, with New Japan and the run that it was going on with Bucks, Kenny, and the way the original Bullet, Bullet Club stuff. Would constantly- that stuff was going on, and there's a reason why. They were trying to do why why Bullet Club and the eventually, you know, the Undisputed Era and the Ballard Club and everything just popped so well because like it it was just like this perfect like wrestling was like singing for a few years there, you know, like and everything was just firing on all cylinders. And now it kind of feels like jazz where it's we're all doing something different now.
1: We were just referencing the revival and the run they had. Those great stories, and given those times that they were, that went down to Triple H. Triple H was booking the times, like, they would wrestle the matches, but at the end of the day... I'm starting
0: to notice a connection here that whenever FTR is involved, all the wrestling is good. Hmm, no, I'm just
1: kidding, (laughs) but still, you know? (laughs) And you think about just the stories that were told on NXT, how many iconic stories? If you go to just Johnny and Tommaso, I mean, that's just one. There's so many. Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. It, oh
0: my god
1: i mean it's just
0: Shinsuke I'm, nakamura and bobby Roode of all
1: people and that was a great feud and we talk about the women's division nxt's women's division was the best women's division in the world for fucking years especially remember the oscar
0: versus uh ruby soho feud oscar versus soho oscar versus ember i mean oscar versus ember were some humpers Oh, they were unbelievable. Ember went through the goddamn turnbuckle and broke her arm. That's how intense those matches were. That to this day is still my favorite women's feud. I still can't believe she went through the
1: turnbuckle and they just showed it on NXT. <laughs> but, I mean, dude, I just... That was so nuts. With, okay, and I'm, I'm going to ask you this question because we were talking about it the other day. But now that yeah. Triple H is in charge of creative, does this make you more inclined to check out SummerSlam?
0: Um... Christ. i mean imagine if theory walked out with the united states title and the briefcase i mean that'd be something that triple h might do you know him.
1: he knows what he just has because you
0: could play with that you could have him lose that title and still have the brief i mean you, just, like, you could imagine what you could do with that but anyway especially if like, God, that's just, like, maybe, like
1: where we it, we were yes able-
0: and no i'm probably i was gonna check out SummerSlam anyway because i saw some of the matches on there and i was like well i'll, boy, I'll boy, see some of
1: like are you fucking kidding me it was like two of our guys and I'm like, okay, I'll check that out. I'll
0: check some other things out. I think there was like – I mean I got to check out the profit I mean the Profits and, and the Usos are, are – yeah, that's what it is, right? Are going to – are oh probably going to burn – uh, Yeah,
1: that, their match they're going to awesome. burn
0: the universe down, so that will be great, you know, even though it's like the 10 millionth time. I, but, like, you know, I,
1: hey, I believe two of – they are two of the top 10 tag teams in North America. And I believe those are the two in WWE that are on that list. The rest are in AEW. And and I think
0: that's fair. I think a couple of years ago, it would have been like all of the main WWE tag teams, but yeah, I agree with you.
1: Oh yeah, dude. And cause anyway,
0: I I think maybe I'll be more likely to tune in. If I see a match on like a raw or a SmackDown or like a big story, if there's just storylines that are popping big, but that's like uh, if the storytelling doesn't really come back, I just, you know, like, I don't know if it's you something like
1: that in Triple H starting. I I'm, I'm, I think this week it's probably already mostly kind of set. Like it's kind of simple for what he's going to do. Look, like, you just got to you got to make the go home shows count. You, we got to make us care. And if that means, you know, doing what you got to do, I really I'm not too caught up on all the storylines. So I,
0: don't, I, I have no idea what's going yeah. on right now at all in WWE. I'm so far removed from WWE in my head right now. The only thing that I even, I only thing I even knew is I saw some stuff about Logan Paul being back, and I was like, okay, so he'll probably be on the card. Which yeah. He was, but then I was just like, I, I have no idea. What, I didn't even know. Um, I named off like three people that were on the card, and you were like, yeah. And I was like, in my head, I was like, no, I'm just naming off people. And like, then I looked at the card, they were all three on there. And I was like, oh, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know i mean hey they're they're, they're a little limited roster wise right now so i don't blame them you know but like exactly. um
1: so that'll do it for our news of the day
0: um 43 minutes in we're just getting to the end of news this is a this is a chonker well, of an yeah, episode
1: so we're about to jump into i believe we're gonna you jump into again
0: the- you get we do the esc minis sometimes it's an esc thick edition
1: ESC thick so yeah let's jump into ring of honor death before dishonor so kicking us off with Death Before Dishonor, we will jump into the zero hour pre-show Garrett which again, I got to say, I love the idea of four match pre-show and that was the same as last interview.
0: and I think it works. So it opens the off. same way too. Uh,
1: yeah. With Colt Cabana Anthony Henry. So look, I am glad Colt Cabana is at least being used on AW or uh, on our witch, because as we know he is no longer with the Dark Order. No longer with AEW, I don't think. <laughs> like I don't even know, you right. But look, this is a pretty good match. Um Anthony Henry, I believe got used well this week. He was also on dark, which we'll get into here shortly. And yeah, I'm I'm cool with this. I'm I'm one thousand I keep saying this, and
0: I'm gonna keep saying it till you till you fucking hear me, Tony Khan. Sign Anthony Henry to Ring of Honor, please. Thank you.
1: Agreed. Anthony Henry's great.
0: <clears throat> or San sign him to AEW, either or I'm I'm fine with either and use him in both, and yeah. But uh, and a uh, pretty decent ring presence for uh for Henry in this match. I thought he looked, um, he looked like he's 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 got it. Like we've sure. seen him do some good stuff before. But and Cole and looking good. To
1: our next match, which was the Trustbusters, Ari Dvari and Slim J. They defeated Shinobu Shadow Squad, Cheeseburger, and Eli Isom.
0: Yeah, Shinobi Shadow Squad. So I remember I, I remember saying I liked them on the last show. I liked them a little bit less, but I don't think they got a lot of time here, so it's not like I dislike them, you know. They're just That's fair. It's a solid tag team. Uh trustbusters or is it what is it Trustbusters or Truthbusters? I'd heard different things. I got Trustbusters all written down here. Same. I have Trustbusters as well. So I'm, let's go with that because that's probably what they had in the graphics. But either way, it, even, whether it's Trustbusters it, or Truthbusters, doesn't really make that much of a difference. It's the same idea. I mean, they may just go a different way with the gimmick. Doesn't matter. Solid match. It's interested to see where the team goes 100%.
1: Definitely think they're trying to build some tags in Ring of Honor for you know, their future show. So, and I'll, and I'll come back to this on Dark when they actually did the tease of this,
0: but I like that Arya Devari is getting treated, or it wasn't on Dark, sorry, it was on um on, uh, Dynamite, or sorry, Dynamite, Raymage, yeah. I, I know what I'm talking about, guys, I'm a little tired, I've not slept in, like, almost two days, but anyway, we're, we're, we're going, um... But we're gonna this is why, because I've watched like 70 million hours of wrestling. The brain. But anyway, uh and I'm excited to see what they do with Divari. So let's let's go. I'm down. Same here. Like... This was
1: a decent tag, but uh yeah, Tony Khan's trying to establish trustbusters. So Lexi Nair was backstage with Prince Nana, who made his return to Ring of Honor, and Prince Nana announced that he has purchased Tully Blanchard Enterprises. So he has brought his embassy back. I think this was our first sign of. What the hell's going on? Wait, what? Yeah, like I saw this,
0: hadn't heard anything about the Tully stuff yet, and I was like, this is weird, but okay, it doesn't this surprise me because I think the theories were going fucking We have crazy. a storyline that wasn't Tully involved with some of the MJF stuff and he kind of disappeared for a bit, like is that the same thing that's happening here? Is Tully just Great. done with wrestling? Is Tully going to go somewhere else?
1: I don't know. I don't know. And I, I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks, but after he bought the Embassy, the Embassy, Brian Cage, Khan, and Tully Leona, with Prince Thanat defeated Blake Christian, Tony Deppin, and Alex Zane. What a fucking trio, dude!
0: Hell yeah, dude!
1: Um, I'm cool if the Embassy takes on the Dalton Castle and the boys at the next show for the six man tags. I think this version of the Embassy works. Yeah,
0: yeah, I like it. I'm curious to see what they do with it. Obviously, it's going to be completely different than whatever they plan to do with. Um, I mean, it may not be that completely different, but like somewhat different than what they were going to do with Tully, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just interested to see where they go with it. And uh, Alex Zane out there just killing it in every match.
1: Alex Zane, Blake Christian, Tony Depp, and I am. And so, by God, guys. Charlie, Brian Cage looked great in this match. He did. He did.
0: And I'm a Brian Cage hater. I, I'll admit it. I dislike Brian Cage. Like I, I don't know what it is. I just see the guy and I'm like,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah he's yeah, smaller fucker. Ryback. And that's all oh, I see. And oh. I can't. And I can't unsee it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brian Cage. I, I respect you as a professional.
1: You could kick the shit out of me, I'm sure. But
0: I have to call it like I see it. I'm
1: sorry. Hey, that's that's fair. So, yeah. And then our final match of the Zero Hour, Willow Nightingale defeated Allison Kay. Willow Nightingale, Dude. big old pop, bro.
0: Dude, Willow has this. I keep. This is the same notes I had for freaking Super Code of Honor, I'm pretty sure if I go back and look. But, like, Willow just has this infectious energy, dude, that you cannot help but pick up when she's in there. The match itself felt a little slow. I don't know if it was time or if they just weren't familiar with each other.
1: Well, but that's all I can really think about remembering.
0: Yeah. Allison Kay seems. Like, I remember she was on. Was she on the previous show, maybe? I can't remember, but. But either way, it doesn't really matter. Like I, all I know is um, I, Willow looked good, and the crowd was really with Willow. I, I really hope they go with Willow as one of their top stars on Ring of Honor because she has that. She's got the crowd right now. She's there I behind
1: think her. And have her one of the top stars in AEW. Willow well, could I agree, be. but you could have her be both. I mean, yeah, I like, agree. Mercedes, Willow you know, like. be the one that if if they wanted to, they could build her up to beat Jade because of her charisma. Absolutely and it, everyone would buy it, and that'd be the super babyface versus the Goliath, like we were talking about earlier, the heel Goliath. And it, that, I really think Willow is uh, an easy choice there. So the pay-per-view wasted no time, and it opened up with a Ring of Honor World Championship match. Claudio Casagnoli defeated Jonathan Gresham in the ROH World title. This was pretty quick. Gresham didn't have a big entrance, and we know now it's because he wanted to come out as himself just to see it for one last time. Yep.
0: He didn't uh, want to do the whole like gimmick octopus thing because this might be the last time he walks out, which is
1: crazy. But they know. got right they got rolling right away with the technical wrestling. Um, I, I thought this was fine. It wasn't crazy long. You know what they
0: they did, Charlie? But you know what this match started with that you don't see that often all that much these days, unless you're like two giant men. They started with a test of strength and claudio had the advantage because of it because he's a big strong man
1: you know what that is right and then the technical got going and
0: that was jonathan see this is the great storytelling of this match and this is what i will say about jonathan gresham y'all can say what you want about him whatever comes out about this his professionalism in the ring is unquestionable because he helped to tell a perfect story in this match that has the strength told so much in just a few like two like two little like not even two minutes that they spent in that or whatever it was they spent in the and the test of strength. Jonathan Gresham knows he can't beat Claudio in the test of strength, but he tries it anyway because he's, his pride is damaged because he's the smaller guy in the match and he's been disrespected. Some of this is probably real, you know? Like, I, not that Claudio is disrespected him, but like, he just is the representation of all of the, of the frustration that's been holding back Gresham, you know? Like,
1: subtle Absolutely. things like that. And now the Blackpool Combat Club is two world champions in its rank. Casinoli and John and John Moxley, so nutty. Yeah, um, I'm gonna we'll, we'll skip all these interviews. There's interviews like after every match. Yeah, uh, don't feel Cassinoli a little bit weird. The boys defeated the Righteous Vincent Vincent Bateman and Dutch with Vita Von Star to win the ROH World Six Man Title. Yo, that was my first time hearing the Righteous's theme. My God, that's got to go. <laughs> that is, hey man, that is the definition of not for me. <laughs> to me, that just instantly killed the gimmick. I was like, eh, I, lo- I really <laughs> like Vincent. Vincent's awesome. But, man, I was like, that's not, not fam. You were but, like, all right, put the titles on these freaks you know, already. Since Dalton Castle has been on AEW TV, where none of the righteous have since ROH has been purchased. So, this doesn't seem as a shock to me at all. Dalton cool.
0: Castle's, he knows Dalton Castle, like on Ring of Honor TV will be a, will be a TV. Like, that's a star for you. Like, Dal- Dalton Castle's just got so much. He's almost like in a completely different way with a completely opposite gimmick. He's almost like the reverse Orange Cassidy that Ring of Honor has. He's got so I, I much charisma and so Jackson much Orange personality.
1: Could have such a fun fucking feud. Him and Orange Cassidy? Oh. He could be like a two month bill to a fucking pay per view. And it's just with like one of those yeah. that's just. Feels AEW in it. And Orange
0: Cassidy never says anything. Dalton Castle
1: speaks a lot. Oh. And then there's a trio of Dalton, Orange Cassidy, and Dan Allen Book it. All right. Um, but no, this <laughs> this uh Castle hit a rebounding hurricane on Vincent before tagging in and hitting a big huge German circle. Team name,
0: Freaks and Geeks. Anyway, Freaks um
1: and the bangerang on Bateman for the pinfall. So new 6 man tag champs. I'm sure we will see these defended on Dark or on, God, uh, can you, you imagine,
0: imagine some of the matches they could have on Dark with those oh, yeah. titles?
1: Yes, This, I think getting the title, the titles on Dalton Castle is going to give them that option now. Danielson
0: Wheeler and Claudio versus Dalton and the boys? Question mark.
1: Color me, I'm in. I'm in. Speaking of it,
0: Black Bull Club gets all the gold. Speaking of the, all combat the silver.
1: Wheeler Utah with William Regal defeated Daniel Garcia to retain the ROH Pure Championship. Um, I like this match. This, this. I figured once we got these guys in the ring, even with the pure rules, it would still be really good. And it was, I think there was only I'm one challenge
0: you, Charlie, to look up some of those older pure rules matches. I was telling you about this stipulation is being wasted. In oh, yeah. my opinion. No, I,
1: I think, I do think we just needed to get actual, re- like no offense to Josh woods, but I think we needed to move on from that and get guys like Yuta and, and Garcia with this now. And, you know, I watched this with my roommate. This is the first time ever watching a pure rules. He kind of dug it. So I thought that was, a, uh, I guess, a stamp of approval, right?
0: If I could recommend a singular pure rules match for anybody to go back and watch, it would be uh, Nigel McGuinness versus Brian Danielson 1 from Ring of Honor. Uh, and it was the unification uh, of Ring of Honor pure, Ring of Honor world title match that they did, I want to say back in like 2000 and like like early 2000s. I can't say, I, can't, I don't have the date, but if that, if I was gonna recommend one, it'd be that one because they have the perfect amount of use of rope breaks, and 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 like and that sounds silly, but like you don't understand how useful that can be when you're trying to build a finish in a match. When guys, this is basically a three out of nine falls match or something like that. It's absurd. It's like you have so many falls to play with, and they all count, and that you can all have a finish and still count and still sell your moves. You just have to use your rope breaks and stuff like that, otherwise you didn't sell them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you just like yeah. do what they've done in a lot of these matches and they just do, do do moves to each other and no one ever really uses their rope breaks unless they're forced he to, to work, then... used
1: the handshake and he flipped them off. I thought that was a nice little touch.
0: Yeah. There was good stuff though. Like I just, I would like to see the stipulation used a little bit more, but I mean, for what they were trying to do, I obviously that wasn't <sighs> their goal. You know, I kind of liked that. Wheeler just smoked him, man. Like he didn't have a shot. Wheeler,
1: Wheeler feels like a dominant champion. Alright, do you think we we live in a world where this could be the world title feud in like three years? I hope so. That'd be awesome. I'd love um, to live on I that. I don't know. It depends on who they have in that scene.
0: Um, I expect Claudia will hold that championship for a while. Well, I'm talking AEW um, world title. Oh, for, I mean, maybe. I, uh, the big that's, goal. that's a question for Tony Khan. They could have Wheeler ro- 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 contend for the title with the pure title still around his waist. There's no yeah. reason why he couldn't. So, um, let's
1: jump into Roosh. He defeated his, I believe it's his younger brother, correct? the first time Correct. in uh, Dragon Lee, yep, Honor Roosh defeated Dragon Lee, and dude, I'm down, man. This this was awesome. I this kind of
0: is like the Darby Allen versus uh, was it Kyle O'Reilly of this of this pay per view, right? Where it was just, it like, just like they just threw top it top together top last minute. It felt like, <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I mean, it was a great. I mean, when I heard about it on the show uh, in the on the pre show, I was like, dude, you're giving us that match too. El Toro Blanco versus Dragon Lee? Okay.
1: It's like, fuck it, I'm down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Color. There's just lucha madness, you know? Um, felt like Rouge was executing a game plan on his brother the whole time.
1: The tope through that table. Ouch. How would you feel uh, about Dragon Lee joining? Uh- the uh, new fact what is it? Ingo Bernabalus,
0: That makes sense. It makes sense that they're, te- they're teaming up like they're brothers. You know what I mean? Like, and so uh, that makes sense. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm cool with that. Add more to the Andrade repertoire. You know what I mean?
1: I'm down with
0: um, it. Yeah. Um, um, Roosh is really quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers
1: in AEW right now. And speaking on that, let's touch on this now, just in case we don't get to it. So during the, it was the, the post-match, like the post-show scrim, Right. Uh-huh. Tony Khan announced Roosh will be facing John Moxley for the AW World Title on uh, Fight for the Fallen this week on Dynamite, and he kind of That's referenced like, the re- reason being is he's on a big win streak across ten wins
0: league. across America, Mexico, and uh, the now Ring of Honor Yeah,
1: right. So it's like it's 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 little things like this, man, where we we referenced this on the show before, and this is the proof of it. If you were looking for it. All wrestling lore is lore in AEW. And I we we saw last week with Claudio and Hager. Now Roosh, his wins in other companies fucking count. Why do you think they often give Takesh to these spots? And they mention how he's a five time DDT champion. Because his wins over there count. It's little things like this. Roosh. And and also we talk about we don't you don't want too many undefeated records. This is going to be an easy way to get Roosh. He's not going to have an undefeated record after this week. So you're not going to have no. that with him because you want Jades to still be the only one that we've already really
0: done that. We, that ring of honor got that version of him. We yeah. don't need that. We think AW. about
1: undefeated. We want to, the goal right now is to think about Jade. That's, that's what they want you to sell because you want to think of Jade as the only one. And I think this is another opportunity for the world title scene. We, whether it's Dante Martin Whether it's Tekeshta, now whether it's Roosh, the world title scene is gonna get someone Brody King just this past week or two weeks ago. It's like I'm down, man. I am so down. You're
0: gonna look at Moxley's list of contenders. Like, I'm sorry, hangman page eat your heart out. You started with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega and your, your opponents and Lance Archer. You have a great list of opponents. Don't get me wrong. Adam Cole. I mean, but Moxley's already smoking you, dude. It's, an, oh it's my it, god. It feels like, and
1: they feel. So earned.
0: far, it's just been Brody King to and now it's going to be Roosh. And I know to a lot of people, oh, those are smaller names than some of the ones you listed. Those are the kinds of names you didn't think you'd be getting world title shots like this. Like, I guess technically, Kanoutsakis was an eliminator match, but like, yeah. whatever. Still. But you know what's? You know, I'm going to give Tony Khan credit here. Because Miyu Yamashita, uh, I don't, I don't know how to properly pronounce it. Is it Yamashita or Yamish? I can't. I I actually don't. Yamashita. Yamashita. Okay, I, I don't actually. Whichever pronunciation is correct. I apologize to anyone if I'm not getting it correct. But. with the little bit of storytelling there that she had just pinned Thunder Rosa, you just don't know, even if John Moxley's on this role, is he going to get pinned and maybe have to defend his title against
1: somebody? You just don't know. You know, probably not, but you just don't know. With that little bit of doubt. Now, now we believe in those stakes. So, moving on, let's talk about Mercedes Martinez. She defeated Serena Deeb to retain the title. What did you think of this match? I thought that the structure of this card was kind of important to make
0: this match not feel what's the word? Lost. Because you had on the same card, Claudio versus Gresham, and you also had Wheeler versus Daniel. Two incredibly technical matches, you know? Yeah. Um Well shit. And then you have FDR versus Briscoes, another incredibly technical match. So you could get lost as a technically sound Duo like these two are Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb. You could easily get lost in the sea of shows. So this being, I I want to say basically right in the middle for the most part. You know, um really I think helped because I think if you hadn't had that time to breathe, um, that maybe that it would have felt a little like you know what I mean. Like it would have it would have not felt like it, it, it. I don't know what I'm looking for here it's kind of like the effect when we had like, uh, I want to say Thunder Rosa versus um, maybe was Britt Baker still. I I could be wrong. Um, And it was right at, and it was a really great technically sound match, but it was like right after Danielson versus Moxley or something. And it was like, there was no chance it was ever going to follow that. So it's like, you know, like at least in terms of what that match was and what they both were trying, you know what I mean? So like this match to me, it, it stood out on a card of matches that were really good um as like i don't know like it didn't okay so let me let me let me collect my thoughts for just two seconds here but i i think there were some like maybe a little bit of like miscommunications at points but like whatever that's every match um they traded submissions really well and it it, this added to that like i kept talking about this is the point where i wrote down that this felt like a very sports centric show on ring of honor
1: that's a fair Um, point that's a fair point
0: And this just added to that because it was like they were trying to out-wrestle each other. And And
1: I'm I'm with you, man. I I thought this really worked. And what would you think of the result? I, so,
0: I mean, I, I didn't think they were switching the title. I mean, you know, like, I. it's weird because it's a really good match. But it's almost like the Eddie Kingston, pro- excuse me, Eddie Kingston problem, right? With Serena Deeb. you can put her in a million great feuds, but she's never the right one to win, you know. Um, I was really hoping this would be the one she'd win. Can't lie. She didn't even win. She kind of, sort of, like for the first half of her feud with, uh, with, uh, with, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on her uh-huh. name. Sheeta, sorry, Sheeta. Her feud with Sheeta. She kind of won that one a little bit for like several months, but then she lost
1: it ultimately. So like, you know, like. At least she's been used. She went from Sheeta to Rosa to Mercedes Martinez, and I guess that's all we can uh, be helpful. Yeah, she's doing great stuff.
0: I just wish there was more. I, you know, maybe she should be. If she wasn't a heel, it should be great to go after like you know the TBS title. You know, maybe this maybe this sends her back down a a good guy path because she's only ever been a heel since I've seen her. So we'll we'll see. Again, I guess technically she wasn't, but you get you know what I'm saying. Like we, yeah, We'll yeah. see where this goes. You never know. There's always that options.
1: takes so. us into our next one, which we had Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal. And I got to say, I thought they started out fucking hard, beating the hell out of each other. I think this was a this was a stiff match.
0: Um, I, did, I loved it, actually, to be honest with you. As soon as Jay Lethal laid eyes on Samoa Joe came out from the back, they just ran at each other. That I thought was That was great. a
1: great touch, and it was fitting for how their feud's been. Again, I'm going to say – a little surprise, Lethal didn't win this one. I thought with the way it was booked, you for sure let Lethal win this. So him and his new trio can kind of run around with that belt. And I thought that's just the yeah. way it was going. I think they like Lethal in the chase right now, to be honest yeah, with what you. What happened was, and this is kind of the story of this card for me. The one title I didn't think would change was the world title. I was like, there's no fucking way they take it off Gresham yet. Not, They're not doing it. Yeah. They just turned him heel. He just got this new faction. All of that's gone. And now he's gone. And yeah, I thought, in
0: the course of 24 hours, all of that, like in the course of 24 hours without any of us knowing all of that was already gone. And so it didn't matter. But that was a factor into why you didn't think it would happen.
1: So and I thought the way the Mercedes Martinez and Samoa Joe feuds were booked. I was like, okay, Serena Deeb's got to win that one. And Samoa Joe, I love Joe. He hasn't been here. That's been the story. He's been injured. Jay Lethal has been kicking ass on every fucking everywhere. And I, I was like, this is for sure going to Jay Lethal. He's earned this. And Jay Lethal comes up short again. And I was I was a little upset by it, I can't lie. See, once I w- once I let that thought pass for a couple seconds, I'm like, okay, that was a fun match. That was a good match. Cool. I'm glad I it
0: think happened. I overhyped this match a little bit in my head because it was just built up so beautifully on TV. <laughs> like
1: this is the best built match going into the show.
0: I think this basically carried TV for the last several months. I mean, like, yeah, well, besides beside, because now that we have the the Blackpool Combat Club versus JAS wrapping up, that's been the only other consistent thing for a while now. So it's like,
1: yeah, I mean, we'll get into one of the storylines I'm really starting to like here, too, with uh, Matt Seidel. So, but yeah, this absolutely. is and we talked about the main event already. So I got to say, man, Death Before Dishonor. Just like the previous show, I'm blanking on his title if you don't know super card mind. of honor I believe right? honor, both thumbs up in my book agree Big time now garrett let's let's uh let's do elevation and dark let's fucking let's fly through these results for the people absolutely you had this week
0: AEW dark elevation episode seventy two opened up with Bobby the fish taking on blakely. Blake Lee's leg got worked by Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish picked up the win with a knee bar. I'm not going to do the, uh, the announcer voice. All right, welcome anyway. back, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, Bobby. Good to see you again. Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. Who? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to start doing that to everyone. <laughs> Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir with Vicky Guerrero took on Sky Blue and Brittany Sky, which is an interesting last name. Sorry, Brittany Sky Blue. Oh, sorry. I had my notes were written weird. Sky Blue um, actually had a really great offensive sequence in this match. Marina felt a little off balance. She locked in the greedy, and they hit a beast bomb combo for though when it was actually the other way she she hit the beast bomb and then she locked in the greedy i wrote it backwards though julia hart took on amber nova julia beat her up like a tiny little bit and then locked in the and until they tell me what it's called i'm going to keep calling it this the modified brutalizer submission for the w Just and real- a really great match between ethan page who came out to the ring with dan lambert accompanying him took on leon ruffin Dude, leon looked i talked about this in every one of leon's matches so far Um, he's athletic as hell. He's clearly, you know, capable of putting on some pretty good matches. Um, and they're just waiting to unleash him a little bit, I think. Um, and this felt like one of the first times where they peeked us in a little bit like, Hey, here's what this guy can do. Do you guys like it? Crowd got into it. So we'll see
1: very young. I can't believe he, he was one of the ones let go from NXT. Oh, I sequence
0: though, where he was jumping around the ropes over top of Ethan. That just looked incredible. Like, um, And then he had a great comeback. And then, by the way, this is something you're not going to hear me say too much about people in AEW. And you know what? It's just the truth. Not not, not too many of them do this well. Not very many of the heels can do what Ethan did in this match and sell for a comeback the way he did, Um, where he just took the bumps and just popped back up to try and keep that momentum building, Um, which then he then cut off and hit the ego's edge for the W. Ethan Page doing the good work. And then, in the co-main event of Dark, we had Ten and Uno taking on Terrence and Terrell, the Hughes brothers, who I believe are Devon's kids, right? Um, That sounds right. uh, They're Devon the Dudleys kids. Well, Devon, whatever his actual um, last name is. Probably Hughes. Um, (laughs) Now that I think about it, Devon Hughes, probably. Um, Anyway, and uh, I don't know what it is about Ten and Uno, man. Yep, they are the twin sons. Okay, yeah, the Tanaduno just aren't working. I don't know what it is. Discus Lariat for the win. They don't work. They're it, 2 They're
1: supposed to be the two heaters.
0: Sorry, that wasn't the co-main event. I had that backwards. Um, I had written down. Uh, my was weird. Anyway, sorry. In the next match on the card, we had Helico, the Butcher, and the Blade, which is quickly becoming a favorite trio of mine that's been showing up on Dark, took on a team of jobbers, combo power bomb, neckbreaker, and the Navarro death roll for the w i just love how angelico vibes even when he's with some killers it's
1: great he does have a vibe to him and shout out taz always putting him over taz
0: absolutely
1: i i feel like taz really likes him
0: yeah and he's just like he gives him shit because he's like you know you, you know it's what taz does i feel like he does that with everybody all right and in the main event of AEW dark elevation episode number 72 we had tony nice with simp mark sterling the taking simp? on john walters of ring of honor fame uh i believe john walters was a pretty long uh pretty long uh, you know reigning uh, ring of honor uh pure title there i think uh okay, possibly okay. or maybe he helped innovate the title. I mean, he, they said mentioned something on commentary something like him. that yeah and um it, we we got uh, all these pure wrestlers wrestling tony niece are they teeing up tony niece to be like the next like are they Trying to make him one of the next great pure wrestlers, I don't really put Tony in that category personally. Not that he's not good; he's I just that's not his style, in my opinion. You know,
1: yeah, he's um, not really
0: thought of it as that, but hey, maybe I'm cool with him being on Ring of Honor either way because I think he fits Ring of Honor pretty well. You know, I think he'd fit pretty much anywhere pretty well. But uh, he picked up the win with the running knee. So take us through the thick edition of AEW Dark episode one fifty three, Charlie.
1: We had a fourteen match episode. A couple of these were recorded. Uh, while I
0: watched fifty three wrestling matches this week, Charlie.
1: Fifty three, goddamn. Yes. So we start off. George Joel with Private Party defeated Luke Sampson. Cool. I, I like seeing cool. both these guys back. Uh, Say George, George back. Joel not dead. So not that's dead. Great. Lee Moriarty, wrestling as oh, a Oh, Luke Sampson was in that match, by the way. I forgot to mention. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh, um, Lee Moriarty, wrestling as a baby face. That's how old this was. Uh, <laughs> he defeated Ren Jones. Oh, there was a little bit of the aggression in there. He's probably
0: still a just little turning bit. it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah, uh, it was cool. Uh, Lexi talked to Fuego, hyping up his match with uh, QT Marshall. Serena Deeb defeated Viva Van. Um. Yeah, she came out with her Deeb's Dojo flag.
0: That was pretty cool. I like
1: that. Yeah, quick squash. It works. Yeah. Who's the team? ref? Wait, who is the who is the ref
0: though? I don't remember. There was like a. It was a ref I hadn't seen before. I I I, I wrote it down for a reason. Maybe I'll bring it up at some point. I will if I see the ref again, I'll know because I'll it'll stick out to me. Okay. Yeah, I, something about them was different. Maybe it was. I don't remember. I don't want to say something that's incorrect. She picked up the one with the deep talks though, which I like.
1: Yeah. And Maria Shafir defeated Amber Nova. I always like seeing Amber Nova booked. She's nice. Amber Shafir picked up another dub. Kinosuke Takeshia defeated Anthony Henry in the standout match of the week for me on AEW dark. I, I really love this. Um, Henry is someone AEW uses a lot, but it doesn't feel like Coney um, is really into his tag team with JD Drake. So
0: Cara, you know he used to do that folding power bomb he did. Who's that? By a man by the name of Toshiaka Kawada.
1: Toshiaka Kawada, okay, okay.
0: One of the four pillars of heaven of all Japan pro wrestling.
1: Okay. I like it. This is a good competitive match Tikesh to catch the one with his jumping knee, and it was fucking beautiful. Uh Jonathan Gresham defeated Jordan Oasis in a non title match, probably our last Jonathan Gresham match on AEW TV. Probably, um, yeah. Unless he figures it out. Unless they they figure it out with him, and I hope they do. because That would
0: be the comeback story of wrestling of the year if they somehow managed to bring back in Gresham.
1: That'd be awesome. So ROH Pure champion Wheeler Yuta defeated Bryce Donovan in a non-title match. And Donovan was last on AEW facing MJF in October 2021, losing in 35 seconds. This is pretty much Yuta preparing his match for the tag team uh, with Moxley against the Best Friends on Wednesday. And he is... Wrestling Daniel Garcia at Death Before His Honor. So he was on here a couple times. This would have been fine if the show ended here. That was not the case.
0: Yeah, true. Actually, yeah. He won with a German suplex, by the way. You don't see that too often.
1: Right. That was kind of cool. Dan Housen defeated Jake something. See think out.
0: about this name, this match on paper. Dan Housen versus Jake something. If you're watching the wrestling show and that's what it says at the bottom of the screen. And you've not seen A.W.
1: you <laughs> like,
0: versus Jake
1: something. Mm. It's cool. They're both incredibly talented. So uh, Yeah, which is great. But it's
0: just hey, – Garrett,
1: i thinking about that. In the next match, our ladies got a fucking pin. They won. The Renegade Twins defeated Avery Bro and Valentina Rossi. The Twins were 0-3 going into this match, and now they have picked up a dub. Garrett, I, I've been saying this I, I way too long. They need to sign them. Yes, they need the world, and that's why I like them getting the AEW dark reps. Can
0: I just say, if there is the premier female talent out there in the world that there is, and I'm not saying that they're not good at what they do, mm-hmm. but if you sign the Renegades when there are some of the people out there that you could get, I don't know how I feel about that. I, feel I don't dislike the Renegades. I, they're very
1: young. I, I don't even know if they're fucking 20.
0: I don't know what I don't know what their deal is. They seem interesting though. Like there's some something has clearly been stirred in Tony from these
1: ladies, and I don't know they what have it did. To look, with. Thunder Rosa on their she they did a taco vlog with Thunder Rosa. Thunder helps train them. I mean, these these. Okay, maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's
0: training them, and that's why they're getting.
1: Yes, they, you, you there know. is something here, and I hope they get them before NXT does. Because
0: I tell you, that if she if she is really giving them training like that, I mean, I'm interested to see what they do. They seem competent in the ring. You know what I mean? They don't seem I mean, to be bad or
1: anything. And there, this was not the smoothest thing ever. This match, but I'm no the fact but, that they got the win proves to me that they Tony at least sees it like okay, we do have something here. Because they did the twin magic on a Rampage episode, and it really worked. It got a great reaction out of the crowd. So, yeah, I'm very happy they won. I'm rooting for them. ROH Women's Champion Mercedes Martinez defeated J-Rod in a non-title match. Um, Is J-Rod an all-time bad ring name? I don't know. <laughs> Deep came out to compute an hour and five minutes in the dark. I was so checked out. Oh, same. <laughs> Varsity Blondes
0: defeated Terrence and Terrell Hughes. Dude, you want to know how bad of a run the Var City Blondes have been on recently? I thought the Hughes Brothers actually might win this. I could have seen it. Especially because they were on the previous show. They've done that on four. They've had one they've had people be on dark, lose on elevation, and lose and win on the next dark, and then they started to roll of wins.
1: It's happened. Yeah, this, this, was, this, Matt, this went on way too long. But you can tell they just shoved shit in, <laughs> including the main event. Um like why were the blondes even on this? Like I, I don't, don't know. know. They should have pulled it. Cutie Marshall defeated Fuego. I mean, look, Dark was going on so long, I found this a little hard to care about, but Fuego hit some cool shit. No energy. I still think Fuego should join Dark Order cuz like you just said with 10 and negative and with 10 and Uno, they need they need someone like like Fuego.
0: You you need someone Have Fuego to- join, but the their, but their requirement is that he takes off his mask.
1: God damn it. I would love <laughs> Fuego and uh and 10. I think that could be your big little pairing that could really work. Jay Lethal defeated Logan Cruz. Cool. Daniel Garcia defeated Alan Angels in an ROH pur- Pure Rules match. This is the match we all thought might have been scrapped, but they just pushed it back.
0: So, cool. And I, I it was at this point that I had decided that I don't think any of the Pure Rules matches had reached the what you could do with that stipulation. And Not that you should try and do everything that you can, but like you can use that and make a more interesting match than just a normal match. Like It doesn't have to just be like a crutch for you. Like you
1: can't even punch in pure rules, right?
0: Uh, closed fist, No, you can do like palm strikes and stuff like that. Though, yeah. like
1: the story here was Yuta attacking him after that was kind of neat. But yeah, AW Dark. I'm way too motherfucking long this week. Yeah. Moving on to the good shit. Fighter Fest week two. Uh, we talked about the opener already. Uh, the
0: revolution is televised. What
1: we didn't talk about is this brought out Miro. And he stopped short of the rings. there am
0: we completely missed that. We talked about the match, but is we did Yeah, Miro made the save-ish and then didn't. And then it kind of teased joining, but also kind of didn't. We'll
1: see. They're still deciding, obviously. Yep. So, cool. Is, is Miro going to join? IDK. Cole Carter, the former Troy Donovan in WWE NXT, was backstage. Ricky Starks and Pyros Hods walked up. Starks referenced Carter's, quote, death on NXT. But Carter said he'd win the FGW Championship tonight. Because Tony D'Angelo said he'd be swimming with the fishes, that was the whole joke. Because that's the kind of character he is. And tonight, and he said tonight I'm swimming with the sharks. I thought that was a cool, cool little line. William Regal and Orange Cassidy joined commentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was great. Chucked out of that pin. Just when the match ends, Cassidy gets pissed and slams the heads. <laughs> <laughs> the angry Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> we need the angry Cassidy arc, the, an- the annoying orange Cassidy arc. Annoying orange. John Moxley really, Will defeat best friends. Garrett, any takeaways from this one? This was just kind of run of the mill for me. Yeah, no,
0: just uh, probably close the book on the best friends with N no, Wrap that up with a bow nicely. I you know,
1: Uda and Trent, best exchanges for sure.
0: And absolutely and i i, I still want to see that we can do that match again at some point I, I don't know if they ever did that singles like that i think they did like right when yuda left uh they're the best friends but I, I you know you could just like i think they ran a similar trio like with this as well i think just maybe danielson might have been there or something or, or something along those lines like there was a there was some kind of match You're
1: before, right for right. someone who hates him in storyline my god do those guys work well together danny garcia was backstage <laughs> watching the monitor yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at it pointing with his thumb like, Man, you watching this fucking shit, bro? <laughs> um Chompy, the Shark Week mascot showing sh- 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 up at <laughs> the commentary desk where Excalibur announced fight for the fallen partner this year would be the one that focuses on ocean. Taz control. Taz like
0: trying to hide from the fake shark was amazing. <laughs> Shot it was Nyla,
1: right? That's who it was. I have no idea. I didn't look into that. What? No, no, I believe it was Nyla Rose, and and she was. I'm
0: sure it was. It seems like a very Nyla Rose thing to do,
1: right? Doesn't it? Um. So yeah, that was that was fun. I mean, look- and you
0: know, she was dressed up as, Le- as left shark from the freaking Katy Perry video. You know, like this is the way.
1: She knows, bro. She knows. Um. Yeah, man. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swerve in our glory. AW World Tag Team Championship celebration. Um. Swerve pointed out Kevin Gates in the audience. They thanked the fans for helping him reach the point where they're at. They call for a toast. Neeson nice Sterling interrupted. Sterling, uh... Bro, <laughs>
0: this is like, alright, I'm just gonna cut you off. This is probably the first time that, Mar- that Sint Mark Sterling's ever had some cake in his face. Got him. Got him. He said Gates looked like
1: young M.A. Gates refused. Gates... <laughs> can't say that! Gates punched... Uh... <laughs> Uh, Tony Neese in the face, and he did the chain shit. He grabbed the chain and punched him. The change popped him in the jaw, and Garrett. That clip went viral, and that was their hope.
0: Yeah, opposite. They wanted to get you know uh, Mark Sterling a viral, viral clip, and it's
1: reaching demographics that like it's it's nice to see because when Kevin Gates was on there and he did that punch, I immediately was like. Oh, I'm gonna see. Bro, what was
0: any time you could ever think of WWE's audience ever crossing over with like the basketball audience? Shaq has been on AEW.
1: You know what I mean? Like there's clips of Shaq jumping through that fucking table, and it's it's cool ass stuff, man. And and I'm and Shaq talks about it on NBA, so even people that have never really even probably watched wrestling probably hear that shit from Shaq every
0: now and then. They're like, well, maybe I'll go
1: check that out. Last Shaq's week, in it. Stokely came out with JD, and now you got this happening on Rampage. We had a little scrappy. I mean. I fucking love this. I think this is a great sign that sold it perfectly. We, we, we were talking about their first people that they face are going to be people they can beat. That's just the way it is. And let's see the young bucks. The next thing
0: we're going to talk about after this. The only thing that I think we're probably going to have something not necessarily good to say about, I would think.
1: Is it the butch t-shirt? No, that's the next thing. No, uh, <laughs> uh, Silver presented Butcher with a Butch T-shirt, and they beat his ass. Eh, cool. I think this was just to set up uh, Hangman's tagging with Silver. Which, yeah,
0: that I don't. That that's not what I was referencing. I was referencing the next tag, uh, the next major thing. So, that Christian happened on the Lucha
1: Show. defeated the Varsity Blondes. The match wasn't the story here. They beat their ass real quick. So after the match, Christian posed on Lucha the Saurus' shoulders, leading to Tarzan Boy playing by Jungle Boy. He made his return with a chair in his hand. Jungle Boy face Everything
0: up to this point. Actually, I might even say up until Jungle Boy looks at Luchasaurus. Yeah. I think works here perfectly. You can even do the return here. It's a little early, but I'll take it. It's AEW, whatever. You got to start building toward all out, whatever.
1: Changes positions to be on Jungle Boy's side. Jungle Boy chase Christian up the arena steps all the way onto the concourse. Yeah.
0: Well, so I have two theories. Okay. My first theory is a conspiracy theory. My second theory is a wrestling theory, just based on what I know about wrestling. Hit me with them. Here's my conspiracy theory. MJF just resigned and he's going to be back soon. And so they don't need Christian Cage to do this anymore. Okay. Okay. If that's what you think this was doing, do I think it's possible they did this as a giant like uh, part of telling that story? possibly to try and throw people off the scent that mjf is still a work you know if it is maybe if they're playing the long game again this is just the conspiracy part what i really think happened here um maybe they just didn't want to go this direction with the story you know i don't think christian versus um jungle boy is gonna be a long-term story i think it's gonna be all out and i think it's gonna be done and christian will go on to do other things um maybe more than one pay-per-view, but maybe it'll go to full gear. I could see that maybe, or uh, actually, could you see that ending at like maybe at Arthur Ashe or something like that?
1: Oh, definitely. And then I see, I I already see Christian Cage next opponent. It's Darby Allen. I, I, I could absolutely see that. I think that wraps him up for 2022. That's the, he goes jungle boy, Darby Allen, Darby Allen goes, you know,
0: that fits his perfect – not not to knock – and this isn't a knock on Christian. Like that that actually fits about the work rate that people have been saying he's been doing. So that works for me. You know what I mean?
1: And then you can let Darby route wrestle the House of Black for the next couple months. And,
0: and then that opens up spots on the card for people like the Acclaimed and the Gun Club to get on the show more, you know?
1: Yeah. And so what did you think of Luchasaurus psyching yeah, it out? I don't know. It's,
0: it's a little bit of a misfire, right? Like oh,
1: – A thousand percent agreed. We haven't even talked about this.
0: The Luchasaurus, I don't think he had any real heat, but it could have been really fun to watch
1: that match. Like, Can you imagine the match him and Jungle Boy would have had? I really think it's a shame he, he doesn't get an actual shot as a single star as a heel. I really think you could have done it where he faces Wardlow and you have these two big hunks of meat doing big hunk of meat and things, but also... And so what, is he going to come back out in the green lizard gear again now? like I don't think so. I do think he's going to be in updated gear. He's going to have the updated theme. Unless this is all a bigger ruse, and when they actually go and have the match, he beats the fuck out of Jungle Boy.
0: And I mean, that could be the, that, and then I guess I'll, I'll take back some of the things. But, I mean, like, you know, it's just, for right now, it seems like a little bit of a misfire. Yeah, we'll but take but we've, we've... value.
1: Is Luchasaurus a babyface now? And if he is, I, I, I'm with you, a little bit of a misfire. In fact, I, I'd almost say a pretty big misfire, actually. I, I really don't like it.
0: I feel like this takes them both a little bit of a step back, honestly, you know? Yeah, um, no, Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy is fine, but he'll, he'll he'll he won't be affected by this. But like see, I'm you saying, don't I think
1: want to do it yet because you don't want Jungle Boy facing Luchasaurus while also facing Christian because you want Jungle Boy to win the feud. I don't know. Well, here's how I could have how I kind of
0: pictured that in my head working. Right, you have Christian just avoiding the match with Jungle Boy. And then yep. Luchasaurus is the obstacle. Yes, you get to beat Luchasaurus. So then you have to beat this person. He's he's paying people in the back. Maybe he pays a couple of Andrade. That would literally guys. be
1: the definition of an MJF storyline. So maybe that's why they don't want to do that either.
0: Because they don't want it to be too on the nose. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could see that too. They want to take it a different direction. I mean, I, I definitely have seen people accused have been that has been the narrative is that they're just doing sort of what not what MJF does because you can't do what MJF does unless you're MJF because he's MJF. He's better than you, yeah. but. And you know, it. Um, yeah, you know it, um, but you know, but you can kind of vibe the same way. I mean, doesn't Samoa Joe kind of vibe the same way in his promos? Doesn't Brian Danielson kind of vibe the same way in his promos these days? Yeah. I mean, you know, like he just, uh, they just say what they're thinking, you know,
1: we got to see how this one plays out. I'm going to let it play out. I- I- if a month from now, if I love the way they went, cool. I wasn't too big on the MJF Wardlow storyline happening one week instantly right away either. Even though it, it felt like they just rushed Wardlow Yeah, but the,
0: you could. But with MJF, like you can never, you can almost never count him out. Like even in the Jericho storyline, still some people have like like really liked it. They just thought it went too
1: long, you know. Like, yeah. which that takes us to we had a little gun club backstage announcing the rampage segment. Ricky Starks uh, facing off Cole Carter, and I really like this man. I, I think Cole Carter has a great fucking look. I mean the guy yeah. is unbelievably built and he's clearly I, I can't believe this guy's not in WWE anymore. I, I you know what? He's 22 years old, Garrett. This kid if he wants to stay in the wrestling business, he's off to a great future and absolutely. Wrestling this yeah. match. I love having some
0: Ricky Starks on Dynamite, don't you?
1: I love it and I think this match worked and we got Ricky Starks on Dynamite next week against uh, Van Housen. I can't it. But Ricky Starks versus Danhausen who in a, who came out and accepted after this. This is perfect. I think this is a feud that just makes sense for Ricky and for Danhausen. They're both over. And if this leads to Ricky versus Hook, which we all still think might be a possibility, I'm down. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like I, I, I was saying to you
0: off, uh off the podcast uh that I think that's what they might do is that they'll pull the, the switcheroo and <clears throat> We'll be like um we'll be like there's a little bit I'm of rock in
1: that, dude. He's like rocky in that for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: It works manhousen, uh I'm sorry, I'm trying to get my composure back. Danhausen um could pull the switcheroo and be like, actually, this was a title shot for Hook the
1: whole time. Yeah. You know? Where the anyway, hell did that um, impression come from from fucking Ricky? My god. It works, though. It works. Uh, Stat, Athena, Willow, backstage, Stat is... Uh, bro, some back. fucking dorks backstage. Get them off my fucking said, screen. Please request, Athena T is going after the TBS title, and eventually Willow got everyone on the same page. Look, we all know this is this is leading to Athena vs. Jade, and we finally got to see them have a match.
0: Break it all up. Give me this triple threat. Can you imagine that triple threat, though? Athena vs. Jade vs. Chris vs. Willow. Hey, hey,
1: I'm down.
0: No bo- no, bo- no barns left. we burned them all down. Anyway. um, am
1: sure, um, just talking about Supergirl. Girl,
0: car. I don't know how I was feeling. I must have been in a bad mood when I was watching Dynamite, because I put FTR, thank God, to bring us back to reality before the
1: match. <laughs> you know. Uh, actually, I thought we were on a good course we <laughs> this year, I thought.
0: Uh, <laughs> I was in a bad mood, I guess. Like, what the fuck, man? Really, he's baby face. <laughs> I think that dorky backstage segment just pissed me off or something. Now, And I'm- I like all three of those women, especially Willow.
1: Dude, Willow's awesome. You know how it is. Uh, Shivani. So this was about Shivani. And God, I, I'm not going to do this justice, but... Long story short, it, this kind of story is about Dax
0: Promo of the Year? This almost was my favorite this week.
1: Really? Okay, okay. But uh
0: yeah, he not really promo of the year, but it was it was dad, it was up there. I really like this.
1: A hole closed in her heart and she worked her ass off to get it better, and by the time she was eight year old eight years old, it was fixed. They got a nice reaction, Dax got emotional. Dax cutting a great promo. Um, he said he's gonna fight like an eight year old girl and he said top guys out. They of course already made it a t shirt. Uh, look, this is a a very emotional Dax, uh, promo. And yeah, man, I think, uh, how could you have him lose after that? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Literally. And, um, yeah, the only other truly heartfelt promo like that I heard this week was, uh, the queen in Black Panther, Wakanda was
0: Sanjay Dutt backstage during the Jay lethal segment that we got in between the FTR
1: segment and Jade. Hell yeah. Good job. (laughs) And you pretty much covered that all. Um, (laughs) No, just teasing up the Christopher Daniels. fight.
0: by the way, I just, I don't, I don't say it enough. Fucking love Sanjay Dutt, dude. He's hilarious. He is He's my favorite thing that I see every week. That I just like I, every time I see him on screen, you can just see he waits for his cue. And as soon as he, it's instantly the energy's on, it's amazing. You I, you know what I, I, I,
1: it. Jermaine Dupree was out this week. Uh, rapper and producer Jermaine Dupree accompanied Jaden Crew. Before the match, Stokely said Layla Gray couldn't compete. And Jade said she and Kira would take care of business, which we knew they would. Jade Cargill. It's and
0: all starting to bleed together. together
1: Stokely Hathaway defeat Athena and Willow Nightingale. The story here is. We finally got to see Jade and Athena lock up. This has been teased for bef- months before Athena even joined the company. She was shit talking her on Twitter. You could tell they were setting up something. All right. And they finally got to touch the crowd. So how long until with-
0: Athena loses her title match? Like
1: I don't even know if it's necessarily she's going to
0: lose. We we still have to see how that plays out. You really think they're going to end the undefeated What's the point of the undefeated streak if they just ended here? Like, I don't know if that that boosts the of The undefeated Bethina. streak has
1: been great. It's gone on long enough.
0: You No, I mean, it's been good. And, and See, do you, do you, do you, okay, so you understand what I'm starting to say now? Like, I, I've been saying this for months now. I, like 20 in, I was like, this is ridiculous. Or like 30 in now or whatever it is. Like almost like, I mean, it's fine. But But I do think if you don't have Athena beat her, I'm going to give everybody an example of why oh, yeah. I don't like undefeated streaks. Okay, and I'll give you the kind of wrestler that has an undefeated streak. And almost nobody likes when this wrestler comes back. Goldberg. And people compare Jade to Goldberg, and I'm like, yeah, Goldberg's kind of a legend.
1: I would still think... But that everybody
0: thing. has a bad taste in their mouth every time Goldberg comes back now. So... Yeah. But Do it, we want that for Jade? Do we want Jade to take six years off TV or something. She won't be six years, but like six can, months off TV or something because she wants to spend like, time with her kid. And, and she comes back and she's hated. Like, because she ruins some stuff for some people that were in some feuds because she needs to have her spot back. Like, yeah. No. She has to stay a strong monster. She's been established as the monster of the women's division besides Nyla. You know what I mean? Like, so.
1: I really think yeah, the more modern examples. Awesome.
0: Like, who can beat her? Like, let's be real. If she were to go up against Thunder Rosa tomorrow, let's say she just stripped herself of the TBS title and she went for the women's title, or she just kept it and went for it anyway. Let's just say that, right? Could Thunder Rosa could 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 Thunder Rosa actually, even with a loss, beat her? I don't even know, right? So it's like it's it's a hard position. Like, you can you even take that title off her right now in that streak? Is it? Is there a star worth building this around? Like that's the kind of questions you have to start asking yourself, right? Like, yeah. This is from the guy that's saying this has been going on for too long for a while now. But like,
1: and and you booked yourself into a corner a little bit, right? See, I don't think they booked themselves into a corner yet. I it's getting there though like it's it's
0: getting tighter it's like we're now we've we've fallen into to use a star wars reference we've fallen into the trash compactor and they're about to start closing in and 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 (laughs) we're only gonna have if 3po doesn't pick up the communication device we're all fucked is all i'm saying you know like
1: i just think it's gonna be a real shame if jay loses this title and then this title no one cares about it anymore That's likely what's going to happen, because that's what happened to the
0: TNT title when Sammy lost it. It
1: feels a little sad because Jade feels so big with it that we just have to wait and see, right? And And let's be real, let's
0: roll back to when Sammy was TNT champion. There was a little bit of an aura around it when he how we was rolling around, flipping around, doing flippy doos and and jumping off everything. There was like a little bit of like
1: something there, you know, like And even when Asuka lost her title, she came back and it still works out fine. She just do you remember when they didn't get rid of Oscar's undefeated
0: streak when she went to the main roster, and that was the worst decision they could have made?
1: Yeah, that was the definition of fucking up the Ember Moon thing. And speaking of Ember Moon, Athena, yeah,
0: she could yeah, have literally full circle like that. Literally, probably was I'm one of those they things they haven't that...
1: referenced this. Maybe it's because they're not in a direct one v one feud yet. But when they do get to that direct one v one feud, they have to bring that up. She is the street killer. That's the longest wrestling streak in this North American fucking era
0: yeah i think yeah once they're properly going at each other it'd be like, i ended the greatest undefeated streak of all time you know what i mean exactly in women's Everyone wrestling history or something
1: you might think you're a badass but i killed an actual badass's streak
0: you know or something like that just, you know i know
1: jade hitting that blue thunder bomb on willow for the win was fucking awesome and then she hit the jade but yes we finally got to see jade and athena touch you know touch hands if you will and it, it is improving, by the way, you know, and not that she, she wasn't is.
0: good. She's just, it's, it seems like, you know, getting better every week. So, oh,
1: and being in this role, just like 2.0 now being where they're at, they feel more credible in, in a, weird you know, way. what's weird. I think a
0: lot of these people kind of do fit into these roles. You know how like red velvet just slid perfectly in as a heel, uh, like, um, like a companion to a, a major heel, you know, like she did. And like, even she kind of can tell, you could tell like, when she was on TV before she got hurt, you know what I mean? That, she was really into it. You know what I mean? With red velvet. And, but you, but she was this really, really a great baby face for a long time, you know, but then they just, sometimes
1: you switch it and it works. And I care Hogan's, I think is another great example of that, you know? Thunderstorm were backstage. Rosa defended her title against Yameshda next week. My God, I can't wait till we go to. Did through- we
0: need like three weeks of build to the Thunderstorm match versus like Brit and like, hey, Jamie, do <laughs> we know, need that? We'll like- take
1: three weeks of build over nothing because at least- Or is, is of- it two
0: weeks? Whatever, two or three weeks of build, whatever it is like. <laughs> yeah, she came out with the sandbag and yeah, we'll get into that in a second.
1: It seems but- silly, actually, but I mean- uh, Fight for the Fallen is looking really good and this was another match added. Yada, 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 running through all the cards- Shark cage comes out. Yurubi Soho has control of it. Okay. Barbed wire, everything match. Chris Jericho. (sighs) Eddie Kingston. You heard that right. He defeated him, but Eddie Kingston stood tall. A, that is a complete misfire. Eddie Kingston should have won and stood tall. Yeah. This is the one match. Eddie Kingston should win. Eddie Kingston should never have lost to Jericho. Jericho should, I think overall, right? That's. And let me just, let me get this out of the way first. A lot of the people that like the shit on AEW are saying, well, congrats, Chris Jericho. You have now been involved in the two worst AEW Dynamite main events ever. And they're referencing his match against Chaos Project, which was not great. That being said, this wasn't that fucking bad. This really wasn't bad. I, I think people don't like barbed wire matches because it's very gimmicky. And look, I'm not even going to sit here and say, oh, I'm a big fan of it. Look, it's it's gimmicky. If they did this every week, I'd fucking hate it. it okay, This feud deserved it. I think this feud deserved to get bloody. It did. It deserve this ending with Chris Jericho winning? Fuck no, no. Massive misfire. I thought that was a fucking joke. Now it feels like they got to go for. It feels like it's not over. Yeah, right. Absolutely fucking hate that. I'm not gonna. I don't really. But
0: it. But it is. Like they said, this is it. We're not fighting anymore after
1: this. So that's it. So is is. So let me get this straight. Is Jericho going to bust out the pain, ma- the pain maker gimmick like fucking Finn uses the demon? It seems like it, yeah. Is this really where we're going? Did Possibly. Jericho need this? Why did Eddie no. lose this? Why? Um, why? Why have him lose it just to have him stand tall? Complete
0: Because Eddie is the greatest loser of this generation of wrestlers, and he'll continue to be that. And so anytime they ask him to lose, he'll do it probably, you know? Um, but... Like, uh, man, let's, let's, I mean, let's run through some of the stuff. Let's let's try and scientifically you, break man, this man, down and me. figure out where we're at. Because I, I I'm with you. I don't want to hate this match because I don't hate any of my favorite I wrestlers. Hate- right? Straight up, I, I absolutely fuck. So let's me. break it down scientifically. Let's actually figure out where we are on this match. The barbed wire wasn't fucking everywhere. Let's just say that. Everyone's been acting like it was. It fucking wasn't. It was over like 2% of the ring.
1: Match. I mean, come on. That was a little. This bad. was
0: not like, I've seen barbed wire everywhere matches. They aren't called that. They're called fucking barbed wire matches and they put barbed wire on the entire rope. It's not saying it's safe or that you should do that or that it's not dangerous, but if you're going to bill it like this, give us what you put on the car, you know, like I, the one that the barbed wire spot that
1: popped me was it, it was on the fucking timekeeper thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i will say the, the microphone was pretty funny yeah the um, microphone was pretty good too that's pretty good and then like the steel chair with barbed wire okay they, they, there was some good stuff in here right okay so we'll say there was some good stuff in here it was like a bit of a car crash I
1: think it del- if you like these kinds of matches if you love these hardcore matches i really think it delivered for you
0: this, there's like a not- suplex through a barbed table yep. the anna j heel turn
1: anna j <sighs> did here- work we officially got that by the way you know a good touch Ty Conti couldn't open the thing, so the guys just ran out of it. Yeah, that's so that's the other thing. So this is the
0: other indie bullshit thing. So, okay, so let's talk about the Shark Cage as a whole. Pointless. It did the same gimmick it did in WWE and everywhere else. It was just so they could get down and interfere in the match. So the prevented interference wasn't really prevented. So it's like, what was the point? Yep. And then, to be honest with you, the people that escaped weren't really that consequential in the outcome, to be honest with you. Yeah, they helped, but it's not like Jericho would have lost that match if it wasn't for, like, Sammy, you know, like.
1: Agreed. No, and yeah, the Shark Cage, I feel like it was a Shark Week thing. We saw the advertising all over everywhere. That was just, hey, guys, do something for Shark Week. That's Dude, terrible. you yeah. know
0: what it should have been? You know what should have won the match? The Stretch Plum with the barbed wire should have won the match.
1: I I would have been down. And uh, speaking of that, speaking of
0: the stretch plum, you know who else used the stretch plum? What's that? A wrestler by the name of Toshiaka Kawada.
1: Toshiaka Kawada. Okay. Okay.
0: One of the four pillars of heaven of (laughs) all Japan pro wrestling.
1: (laughs) You remind me of Rob talking about the hot toys right now. He's like, you know what I have? Two thousand. Okay,
0: for, for context for everybody, I went down this rabbit hole of all Japan Pro Wrestling matches from the nineties featuring the Four Pillars of Heaven, Mitsuharu Misawa, uh, sorry, uh, Mitsuharu Misawa, Toshiaki Kawada, Kenta Kobashi, and Akira Taue. And
1: um, by the way, by shout the way, out I you saw
0: guys a match, Charlie, that you should probably watch also. That's uh, Jun Akiyama versus uh, K- Kenta Kobashi.
1: Dude, great I match. I will put on a fucking match tonight. I, I will watch one. I, I, I got sent. One. I sent but you the link to watch to... one you sent me. Yeah. Okay. That one was great. Look, that
0: was Kawada still... versus Kabashi.
1: Look, yeah, we, yeah, that was we great. Talked about this match at, at length here. So, look this this match. I I I don't think. Yeah, I think we I think we decided we didn't like it. Right? I, we I, went I through it match, though. I I did not. Do you know me? Hardcore matches. They're very slow. They're very, you know... It's just about getting... That's not even true. Let's... I'll give you a perfect example. Nick Gage versus John Moxley. Okay.
0: GCW World title.
1: I think this delivered on the hardcore of it, though. No, I'm saying that match felt like it had energy to it. It felt like it had a pace. This match oh, felt dude, like a, a slog. It. it just... Every time it felt like we constantly slowed down because he was trying to cut him. And I get that that's the gimmick. But, yeah, look, hey. Uh, the ending... Dude, I... Uh, I got nothing, man. I don't know where Eddie goes from here, and it, it upsets me. Because on
0: paper, this sounds awesome. You have one of the innovators of the Canadian de- de- barbed wire death match, and you have Eddie, who we all know who Eddie is and what he
1: does. It should be awesome, and yet it's just kind of falls a little flat, right? Like It did, and look, that's just – that is what it is, and uh, worst dynamite main event ever, Jericho. No, that's not the fucking case. It, it was perfectly fine. I just don't – yeah, hardcore matches. It's a hardcore match. If
0: it if it's supposed to be the cap off to, to Blackpool Combat Club versus JAS, it is a bit of a wet That's fart. That sours it on. even
1: more. Yep, yeah, wet fart indeed. No, yeah, I hate that ending though. Um, yeah. Oh, well. Let's jump into Rampage. Four matches plus a rap segment. We were fucking big old Rampage here. Hangman Page and John Silver defeated Butcher and The Blade. Uh, yeah, cool. I thought yeah. Hangman – I didn't even know it was Hangman for about five minutes.
0: It seems like commentary like, slowly been hinting for a while now that Hangman is just going to join the Dark Order. I mean, they're
1: hurting for members. Just – probably should just do it at this point, right? Like – That – and I don't know, man. I still feel like they're going to they're gonna reunite the Hung Bucks. I, I feel it coming. Maybe. maybe. I
0: mean, same. depends on where Kenny lands, right? Like,
1: so It feels like the Bucks are turning babyface. Yeah, if Kenny's not back, they're for sure doing it. If, maybe – you're right. Maybe if Kenny is back, though, they won't but if he isn't yeah
0: cuz i feel like you got to do kenny in the bucks versus um colin red dragon first
1: exactly and if kenny can't do that you do hangman in the bucks versus colin red yep. dragon and that yep. big old fucking grand slam match that everyone gets behind um other than that i mean look this match pretty quick i thought again hangman dominated he's one of the top guys i love seeing hangman get work he's been a little in limbo since his title so the limbo continues, but he picked up a dub and
0: he got we got a little window in the next segment, by the way, that I'm a little, I'm excited to talk
1: about. So we had Claudio Castagnoli come out to cut a promo, right? Yep. I thought this was a great and opening. Yep. We get, we get a little a video with Yuda and Garcia and then Claudio comes out. So
0: I'll say this. It has been a long time since I've seen Claudio come out there to cut a promo and he just like looked a little lost, you know, like live mic. um, Maybe, maybe he just wasn't used to the freedom of what he was going to say, or maybe they were just like, yeah, just go out there and say whatever, you know, just pipe up the match just say you're going to win. You know, I could see not
1: being used to the freedom of it.
0: Well, no, I mean, like, I feel like if you, he just got done with being scripted for years, you know, it's got to be a little bit of a shell shock to get told, all right, go, go do your promo. Now here's your bullet points. You know what I mean?
1: Like, boy, like,
0: yeah. Like, no, it's got to be a weird. It's got to be I mean, cuz it's not like they all didn't work like that on the Indies for a long time. Claudio was known for being one of the best professional wrestlers in the world, so um all right, I got to ask you, we'll move on from this. I just wanted to touch on it. It was a little, a little shaky for Claudio on the mic, and you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't it was bad, perfect. you know? It not perfect, but yeah. Um, uh, all right, are
1: both of our boys got double job entrance. I'm pissed. Hey, yeah, Rampage was job entrance all over the place. Uh, hype video for the Weird real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee Moriarty defeated Dante Martin with Matt Seidel. This was a quicker match. I thought they had great chemistry, as always. The story here was really... Stokely's still trying to recruit Lee. You saw a little more aggression out of Lee, kind of tempting to the dark side with Stokely. And Dante and Matt, you know, they're still boys. Mm -hmm. This still ties back to that Leo Rush storyline. And I got to say, I still like all of these guys in this story.
0: Okay, I'm going to say for – I'm going to challenge people that have not been watching AEW Dark. Go back through the the last several months of Dark and watch everything Lee Moriarty did and watch how over the course of that time, his offense have got slowly more aggressive and how he started taking more shortcuts in the ring and how he has slowly been building towards this. I'm not going to call it a heel turn yet until he fully turns. But for right now, we're getting the tease. This has been in the works way longer than anybody realizes. And honestly, we'll probably ever give it the credit for because it just was just in the background. Obviously, it was probably one of those stories where they were just like, Stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. And they weren't sure whether they were even going to use the guy, you know? Yeah,
1: probably, actually, yeah. And it works, man. So Lee Moriarty versus Matt Seidel ne- for next week. I'm really li- – I love that storyline.
0: I expect him to cheat to win against Seidel as well. I
1: like Stokely recruiting on screen. That's how it always should be with these managers.
0: Agreed. It worked with the Tony Nese, uh, and Tony niece is working out well with Mark Sterling now, so I – uh, absolutely same thing could happen but, with Stokely and just like and, when he uh, brought in the
1: interim baddie. Stokely Stokely webbing his weaves already, and you can feel it, and I'm loving his run at AEW so far. My bad if I was a little off center there. Um Yeah, this is a solid match, and like you said, good point out, Lee cheated to win. So Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter defeated Sky Blue and Ashley D'Ambois. Uh nice seeing Sky Blue back and nice seeing Ashley yep. back. Um they were yeah, up- absolutely Again, another one of those women
0: he keeps bringing back. Clearly, he's going to sign them eventually, just not yet. Sky Blue you know, actually... I feel like she perfectly fits in in Ring of Honor as a woman, as a woman's
1: star. Agreed. Yeah, she... And I, I'm still surprised Sky Blue isn't signed, to be honest. She's... She wrestles a lot. They use her all the time. She wrestles a lot. Um, yeah. What are they going to do if she gets hurt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was a quick match. Look, they're just setting up Thunderstorm versus Britain. Jamie. Cool, cool. She came out with the sandbag. The Gun Club and the acclaimed rap battle. I kind of figured this would be pretty fun because of the people involved. And we we know that Austin Gunn actually does rap. I feel like a lot of people didn't know that. I wrote into-
0: this down in my notes as Max Caster verbally destroys Austin Gunn.
1: They let some fucking shots ring and shot a little scrappy for hosting it.
0: This was fun. Uh, Max Caster for getting with Chris stat. Apparently.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know if that was public knowledge or anything, bro. If it wasn't, god
0: damn that's even more well difficult. not every relationship is i mean if it doesn't last long they probably just don't like if it doesn't last longer than several months it's probably not worth acknowledging on tv most of the time anyway for AEW, like if they weren't already yeah, together before they came in you know i
1: gotta say i think this delivered and this makes sense for the claim to have a rap battle
0: right it may have even been before AEW. who knows maybe they met each other on the indies you know what i mean like very true
1: but this is fun man i really thought this this was fun it they'll wrestle next week or the following either way it'll be fun um and yeah i I don't i couldn't turn away so even if it wasn't that great i was glued to the tv so i'll give it the credit where it's due (laughs) christopher daniels cuts a promo on jay lethal saying samoa joe doesn't need him to talk and mark henrik to get on with his catchphrase
0: I, I actually think they might use Christopher Daniels in Ring of Honor like regularly. What, what do you think of this main
1: event, Jay Lethal defeating Christopher Daniels?
0: I hoped it would be better. I okay. kind of hyped it up a little bit last week because um, I've seen it before and it was good. But I, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't really care. I don't know. They just they know
1: each other so well. It was good. It just didn't. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it didn't seem like anything too special. But exactly. This this was a perfectly fine match to close the show. We this was the go home ring death before dishonor. Again, Jay Lethal put over big. I thought that added to his chances of winning was not the case. Absolutely. But, yeah, man. um, Look, I'm fine with this. This was a very – best way to put it, very busy episode of Rampage. Absolutely. Lots of matches, lots of action. And just like that, the week was over. So, uh, real quickly, we'll touch on what's next week. (laughs) Shout out to you guys if you literally stuck this whole way through. We fucking appreciate it. This is our – Easily, our two long hours thick edition. Thick edition. We knew, we knew it though. So, so Big far, fight. fall Yes-y. you ready for this? Interim AEW World Champion John Moxley defends against Roosh. AEW Women's World Champion Thunderosa defends against Mayu Meshta FCW Champion Ricky Starks defends against Danhausen. Brian Daniel Dan Dan Dan. Daniel Garcia. You got me there. Uh, and then Swerve Strickland versus Mark Sterling and Tony Nese. Keith Lee is banned from ringside. That's five matches already. I'm interested in all five of them. We're getting Danielson versus fucking Daniel Garcia. Whew. Whew. I just hope it – Danielson versus Lee Moriarty delivered. I, I know this is going to deliver too. And then we have two I- matches I- announced for Rampage. Ethan Page versus Leon Ruffin. Apparently they love their match so much on Elevation this past week. They're doing it again. Cool. We love seeing that. And Matt, absolutely. Lee Moriarty, which we just talked about. Yeah, so that should be good as well. So, yeah, um, that'll be it for us, guys. Uh, any closing thoughts you have, Garrett, that you want to let the people know?
0: Na na na.
1: Hey, hey, ah. hey. Goodbye. And that'll do it for us, guys. We'll catch you on the flip side, Vision, for next week on Eat Sleep Elite Fight for the Fallen Edition.